We have a very special guest on today's podcast. Zach Cutler will be joining us. Our episode will start out with college football and our thoughts on the absolute dismantling of the Nebraska Cornhuskers this past Saturday. Next will be our college fo- football pick'em. Lastly, our episode will be more NFL-centric with a new fantasy football segment and our expanded NFL pick'em. Armstrong looking, holding, throws out a flat pass caught by Amir, trying to avoid the rush. He does. He has a first down, bouncing off tacklers to the 45, Amir to the 40, Amir to the 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Oh, touchdown, Amir Abdullah. Quarterback drop. Armstrong into the secondary. Armstrong's got a step. Touchdown. You are listening to The Last Take. The premier sports show for college students by college students. With hosts Dylan Jurgens and Blake Mace. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Last Take. We have a very special guest, someone who I personally uh, look, to, look up to and have a actually funny story about uh, Zach. You know, we used to have a podcast together. Um, two years ago, the Three Amigos. That was how I got involved, first involved here at the CoJMC, and uh, we have a more NFL-centric uh, episode for you guys, an expanded um, pick them for the NFL, and of course our college football stuff. So, Zach, first introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Zach Cutler. I am a somehow a senior this year, guys. I'm, wow, I'm old, man. <laughs> old man. Um, I've really felt, you know, I turned 22 a couple weeks ago, and since then, man. I don't know. I just realized I don't have the the stamina I did as a freshman. I could go, 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 go. Now it gets to be the weekend. I'm tired, man. I'm tired. I'm getting old. But I'm a double major in ad PR and sports media. Just finished my minor in sales. Um, yeah, and I got, you know, nine months away from the real world. But I love NFL football, and I've been wanting to come on this podcast for a long time now. Um, so I'm stoked to be in the podcast studio with you boys. All right, first, before we get anything, talk about the uh, PR side of things, or ad PR. And what's that like different? Because, you know, all the people we've really had on have been uh, sports media majors. So that's a, yeah. that's a little bit different. Good question. I think for me, coming into college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And to be honest with you, I still don't know exactly what I want to do. But I feel like I have a better idea now. Um, but I took a marketing class in high school, and I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it. Took a journalism class my junior year and then was in the school newspaper my senior year. Really enjoyed that. So that's why I went on a tour of the J School when I was a senior here, uh, or in high school, senior um, now, but senior in high school. And then, um, yeah, I was like, you know what? I think I want to come in um, as a sports media major. So that was my first major. Uh, sports media was pretty new at the time. I, I'm, now I think it's one of the most popular majors in the college. Um, but I was like, you know what? I really enjoy this. And I got about halfway through my first semester, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm kind of interested in the advertising world. My dad did advertising. Um kind of like that creativity that's involved with the college. I feel like at PR world, you can do that a lot with that. And I felt like within the college journalism, I say this when I give tours, I'm a college ambassador here. So I give tours all the time and that's kind of how I met you, Blake. Yep. Um, But with that is like, we like to say like, it's kind of like buy one, get one half off with majors here. So there was so much overlap in the classes. And so I figured why not add at PR as a second major? So right now I'm in uh, yacht. I am a videographer for them. So I really enjoy that right now. Um, but yeah, the advertising world, I feel like, you know, it's very similar to what someone in the college of business is going to do with, you know, a marketing degree. I think you can land maybe similar jobs with it. 
I just think the learning style is a bit different. It's a lot more hands-on, a lot more creative. And I think both of you as sports media majors, I mean, you've noticed that in the college as well. Um, but I've really enjoyed the advertising courses. Um, I don't know if I, I probably won't get into involved with an ad agency per se, um, but I definitely, I definitely like the idea of advertising. Um, and so it's definitely a career option for me. You know, whether that may be more like advertising sales, um, kind of tying into my minor with that. So we'll see. I don't know. That promotion side, I think I really do like. And there's a class I took. I think it's SPMC slash at PR 464, I think it was. Um, and it's a sports promotion class. But really, you run a essentially a fancy football team. But then it's like a fictional team, like a real team based in like, you know, the, I don't know, Albuquerque. Um, what's a, what's an A name on the fly? Angel- Angels. Albuquerque Angels. There you go. There's there's a football team, um, and you essentially make these game notes every week where you recap what happened last week. You preview you know the coming weeks, and then there's like some promotions and advertising involved in that. So that's one of my favorite classes I've taken in the J school. And as a sports media major, it counts as an elective. So definitely take that. I took it with Brian Petrata, one of my favorite classes junior year. Um, but yeah, I hope that explains kind of why I did advertising. And I, I really enjoyed the program so far. And um, for me, it felt like a no-brainer not to double major. So I know some people that even triple major. Yeah, no, it's a it's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm uh, sports media and broadcasting, but really, there's just such an overlap between a lot of the classes that it is really helpful. And um, that's like for me this semester why I'm doing care and you because I can uh, blend the sports world while also doing other stuff like mm-hmm. another podcast I'm going to get started. Dylan, you got anything? No. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's get into our college football stuff. Dylan, you can start that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just going to hop right in. Uh, th- just start with our thoughts from last week. Um, it's kind of a loaded <laughs> week slate, um, starting off with um, the great performance um, from a lot of teams. Um, I know you were talking, Zach, about the LSU Ole Miss before we started recording. So I was, yeah, I, I was watching that game. I didn't get a catch the first half because I was coming back from the Husker game, um, but I was watching like that last fourth quarter. And I won't lie to you, I really thought um, on that last drive, I'm like, Old Miss is going to lose this game. Um, they had a corner that like dropped a pick six essentially on that last drive. It just felt like LSU was going to go down and score, and of course they don't. They lose. Um, but we were just talking about that security guard for uh, Old Miss. <laughs> That might have been the highlight of my Saturday, watching him, you know, attempt to block a couple people, and he did, you know, he, he bulldozed one or two people. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> um, but he wasn't stopping them rushing the field, and I think that's a that's a big win for Ole Miss. Um, I don't know. It, it was it was just a it felt like a, a just a gritty game to watch. Um, high scoring game, you know, fifty five to forty nine. That's a lot of um, points. Yeah, it, it is, and I don't know. I feel like if you're an LSU fan, man. That's their second loss on the season. I, you know, Brian Kelly comes in, um, and if anything, like LSU's, they, I haven't seen them look that good since he's come back or come in. Um, and I don't know. I think it's a good one for for Lane Kiffin, LSU, or excuse me, Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to to talk more about this this last week. Yeah. So, I mean, with with going off that, Brian Kelly, I mean, you know, last year was pretty success, successful, you know, had a big win over Alabama. And and that's two. true. I forgot about that. That was a big win. Yep. 10-2. and two. And then this year, you know, you kind of just have a sort of a mundane start to the season. You know, yeah. Florida State is a is a, is well, a good— Florida State's top four. So. It's top four. So that's a good loss to top have. Top five, sorry. And then, yeah. uh, yep. you know, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, I mean, he's brought together a good team that I thought would beat Bama, but they didn't. Um, so it's a little interesting. I mean, they're kind of— 
out of the picture now for you know the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, at least some, unless something else happens. Yeah, unless something else happens, like they win the, the SEC championship, which could happen, I guess. Uh, but it's just a little interesting because I I thought they would maybe be better this year than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with that, you know, talking about like people storming the field there. One of an Ole Miss fan or student came up to like an LSU player, and the LSU player yeah. uh, like pushed him off or something like that, mm-hmm. which is something I would never do. No. I, especially a football player like that. I'm not a big guy, so uh, I'm not. Ever, I'm never going to go in the field and uh, say something to a other opposing team player like that. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a little risky. But yeah, just a little interesting. Uh, Georgia, um, you know, close with Auburn, one score game. I. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I feel like a Georgia loss is coming soon. It may as well happen this weekend, possibly. But I don't know. It's there. There's a lot of good games, and then of course, you know that Nebraska game. But we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, I mean, the game that really stuck out to me is, um, or just overall performance. Again, I know the score doesn't really say much, but Michael Penix and Washington. That team is scary and. You know, it does say it was 31-24 last week, but Michael Penix picked apart that Arizona defense. Um, another one that really stuck out was how USC just stopped trying and allowed it to make it a seven-point mm-hmm. game against Colorado. That's um, I bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I remember I was I was in the stadium, Memorial Stadium, you know, waiting for the Michigan game to start, and we were watching that. I mean, they were up twenty some odd points it was three four scores and i'm like all right this game's over and then i look at the score you know at halftime by golly they almost came back yeah because like colorado the week before rolled over and died at the end and didn't have any sort of mounting effort at the end but this one i was shocked because i wasn't paying attention and then i look up because you know they're actually playing the game and i'm like whoa 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 whoa. why why is this so close that that's that reminds me of a USC performance later in the year last year where they just did not have any defense. And it kind of was like, no matter how good of an offense you put out there, if your defense doesn't stop them, then it doesn't even matter. So, like that. It was a big reason why USC had three losses last year at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. um, another thing Oklahoma put up 40 in the first half against Iowa State. Um, yeah, uh, just Iowa State was hanging with them early, too. And, and it all went downhill after. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's, or I actually punt block that ended up being a safety, and then just scores just kept coming. So um, Oklahoma looked good, and then one another one. Um, let me pull it up. Sorry, uh, Oregon State. I mean, the score doesn't say much, but Oregon State outplayed Utah on Friday last week too, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising for how good Utah's defense is. So, but I don't know. That's all I really have. Um, any other big things I missed? I don't know. Notre Dame-Duke, that was another interesting yeah. game that could have went either way. Um, Notre Dame, I couldn't believe they actually mounted that drive there in the end and just pretty effort- effortlessly scored there. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it was a pretty interesting week. You know, a lot of close games and then games that kind of were not on the radar that became uh, pretty good, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so moving on. Wow. Uh, Michigan, um, they're pretty good, I'd say. I'd I don't say, know what I'd you say, think, I'd say but very good. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew it was pretty much over as soon as that um, we threw the pick on the first drive, got tipped by the defense alignments because Heinrich Harburg doesn't know how to throw the football, and got picked off, and then it just it just went downhill from there. We just couldn't get anything going. Thank gosh we didn't get shut out though. 
It would have been the first time since 1996. Oh, my goodness. September 14th, 1960, or 1996, when we um, got shut out by Arizona mm. State. And it, was, it would have been the first time we got shut out at home since 1968. Jeepers, creepers. But we didn't get shut out, so that's... The streak that, stays alive. That's a W in our book, right? I don't know. I felt like that first touchdown, I can't remember the Michigan receiver. but Roman Wilson. Yeah, he just mossed Unreal two catch. Nebraska defenders. And I, from from the stands, I'm sitting in South, and I'm like, surely that he didn't catch that. Surely not. And they call a touchdown, and I'm like, no way, Jose. I looked at the replay, and I'm like, dang. That's pretty definitive. Okay. And I guess that's kind of when I when I knew. Um, and obviously, Barstool Sports was in town. And they had that, you know, that pregame tailgate. Yep, I was there. We, yeah. Dylan and I were both yeah. there down there. <laughs> I was there. there. I was there. Um, it was a shorter show than I thought. It was only like 30 minutes, it seemed like, at least the Nebraska segment of it. Yeah. Um, but it was funny watching Portnoy's, like, Twitter during the game. And yep. They, they go up, like, 14-0, and he goes, oh, no. He goes, just keep it, you know, just keep it a close-score game. And then 21-0, and he leaves. Um, he's like, I'm sorry, Nebraska fans. Um but I tell you what, you know what? I, I don't think anyone thought we were going to beat Michigan, but I thought they were going to put up a better fight than that. Yeah, so to go off that, Zach, my main disappointment is like the first five, ten minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, less than that, even because like when we got dismantled by uh, Oklahoma last year, we stopped them immediately, went down there, scored, and then it was they were putting together a drive. And we could have stopped them, but then they had one where players just didn't tackle, and then it was just downhill from there. And I, I, I just assumed that in the beginning of the game we would have some good dominant contact um, and uh, you know just play aggressive. But I don't know. These the past two weeks, it just felt like, especially from the defensive side, they just gone out there and it's just gone through the motions and not necessarily played well and and not be aggressive and. I don't know what it is to get them more motivated. Obviously, Matt Rule was really fired up, and I'm I'm glad he was and being more uh, you know pissed off than uh, than you know just accepting defeat like that. You know, hitting it hard on uh, Sunday after the game. But yeah, I just wish that it was more competitive early, or at least just it. It didn't seem like the players were going for it that much uh, in the first few drives and just letting them score and then. Of course, Heinrich Harburg on offense. I I like Heinrich, but I don't think it's just people need to just not push him out there as just being the number one go to guy because I feel like it still needs to be a battle, um, and I still think yeah. Jeff Sims needs to get a chance because Heinrich Harburg um, he is he's solid on some fronts, but he's also been able to play at home um, mm-hmm. and just have the benefit of the crowd behind him. Yeah, so that's true. I take it you guys aren't big fans of Harburg in general. I like Harburg. I'm I, not going to, I don't hate on the guy because I, he's done some very solid stuff yeah, yeah. and he's not necessarily put things in trouble, but to say that he's just the standout better performer. Mm-hmm. And because I mean, Jeff Sims, you got to think he had the two away games to start the season yeah. against pretty yeah. formidable opponents. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's not a fair circumstance. And now that he's been able to be, sit on the sidelines, watch it, and reflect on that. I feel like not necessarily this game, but the Northwestern game after the bye week, that's a chance where you throw them in there maybe. And, Home game. Yep. It probably is going to be a night game too. Yeah. Unless it's a 2.30. But, um, yeah, I actually do like Harburg okay. too. But I think his potential is a little better than Sims, partly because Sims is already a junior and Harburg's only technically a sophomore. So I like it. But what I personally think is our starting quarterback currently is not on the roster. That's how I look at it because these guys, I don't think they're good enough. Um, I think we give Sims another chance, like you said. But personally, 
if we get another guy in the transfer portal next year or maybe it's Daniel Kalen. I doubt it'll be him year one, but hmm. I mean, who knows? But personally, I don't think our starting quarterback for next year is currently is not currently on the roster. So yeah, I, I think I'd probably agree with that. I think when I, when I look at this Nebraska team versus prior years, I, I think the glaring issue is. I just think there's a lack of skill players, especially on the outside. Um, you know, I like Billy Kemp. You know, Alex Bullock. If, if he's, you know, one of your starting receivers, man, I just <laughs> who just received you, you, a scholarship going into the season. Yeah, and and I, I don't think you know Harburg doesn't have the best arm, but I think he made some decent throws versus Michigan. It's a couple big plays, but a lot of it was you know yards after catch from Billy Kemp, whatever. Um, it just seems like you know in previous years there was you know a Trey Palmer. Or even like an Omar Manning that like you know you had confidence in these dudes and I I'm a big Marcus Washington fan I think he yeah. gets open and there's a couple times this last game where you know he's frustrated because he's open on a post and the ball's thrown behind him or yeah you know, or even stuff like that where Harburg's pressured and whatnot um, it just seems like there's not there, there's not the talent there this year which I don't it just felt like going into this game you know versus previous years like if we were to play like a Michigan in 21 like that was obviously a heartbreaker but that was a game like you. We had a chance in because we had the talent to stack up. Mm-hmm. It just felt like this year the talent wasn't there. I didn't think we were going to get blown out this bad. But I think that's where rule this year is going to come in. I think it's going to be an important year, big obviously, but like a very important year in terms of recruiting, especially on the outside. And I like Fedoni too. I think I think uh, they need to use him more, to be honest with you. Um, but he's made some decent plays. It just I feel like the, the skill players aren't there. What do you guys think of that? Totally agree with that, uh, Dylan. I personally think, well, some of them we're not even playing, like yeah. Malachi Coleman, yeah. Jalen Lloyd. These guys. Who Jalen not... Lloyd might actually play. Um... Yeah, exactly. But like Malachi Coleman, he couldn't play on Saturday. He took a hard hit on practice on Friday, so okay. he wasn't able to play. But he, he has the speed. He's huge. He's like six five. He has the he has, he's fast. He's the fastest receiver on our roster, personally. So, I mean. I watched him in high school since he went to my high school. Okay, but yeah. uh but he's really good and Jalen Lloyd, he's another he's a track star. I mean, he's really good. Mm. He's a little smaller, he's like a Billy Kemp size, but he's yeah, he has the speed. So I just I think our weapons of the future currently aren't playing because they're all freshmen, unfortunately. So yeah. yeah, it's just Marcus Washington. That's a you bring up a great point for that because like last year when Trey Palmer would not have the greatest games, there was always Marcus Washington there. It was pretty early and in the year. Pretty early in the year because I mean there was a while where Trey just would not did not have like a string of like we weren't throwing to him and yeah drop issues like yeah drop Minnesota issues. game yeah and I think that same game Marcus I think it was the Michigan yeah the Minnesota game. He had that that catch on the sideline, and it's like surely that's not a catch. And yep. you saw the replay. I'm like, my goodness, that was a heck of a catch. I think it was a Minnesota game, but I think he's good. I just don't think they. I, I can't believe. I mean, I don't know the, the the depth chart per se, but it seems like you know sometimes Bullock almost gets like more reps or at least more starts over him sometimes. Um, and it's just almost it's, it's a head scratcher in some cases. I don't know. It, it's very interesting, and I think it's more to do of how Marcus Satterfield runs the offense, and that's something that I've grown less and less interested. In. I'm gonna be honest; I was not interested in his hire in the first place. Yeah. Because I'm looking at all these hires, I'm like, okay, that's a great guy. That's a good guy. I can I can, I can believe in that guy. I can believe in this guy, but. Never for a moment did I really think Marcus Hasfield was going to be that guy yeah. to to really hone our offense in. Because after going from Mark Whipple, who Mark Whipple has an offense that doesn't really work in year one, but it will work over the course of like five years. But we knew Mark Whipple wasn't going to be around forever. You know, those are just hires to drastically change uh, 
impending doom of a coach being fired. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I just I don't know the offense. There's no consistency on, consistency on stuff, and there are some good plays and pass plays. I thought that we did at Michigan, but the problem is we we couldn't connect those further for like a continued drive. So it's just. I don't know. It's it's weird. The offense is like you 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 got to get the ball into the hands of the people that the skill people and the people that would do it. And Fedoni was one where the first game you know didn't even really see him at all, yeah. only doing blocks. And then finally we start throwing him. What happens? He scores touchdowns. You know. Yeah. I mean, before this week he had he had better stats than the best tight end in the country, which is you know Brock Bowers mm-hmm. until this past week. Yeah. So I mean, uh, another thing I had from this game too, we just didn't match up very well size wise. Their offensive line oh, was yeah. massive. You would think like a Nash Hutchmacher could get. Through. I mean, that guy's massive. He He's should not huge. be getting bullied as much as he did. I'm be honest. But, but that entire offensive line, I was joking on Saturday. That entire offensive line will be a Chicago Bear this <laughs> this off season. So like literally ten of their eleven <laughs> players on their offense will be drafted this year. Their defense is the same thing. So this is probably by far the best Michigan team. Yeah, I think I think this team was better than their 21 team. It's kind of close with 20 last years but yeah. I definitely think this team is very good and will be a competitor the rest of the year they do have a couple tough games coming up hmm. yeah I, I thought seeing JJ McCarthy in person I mean pregame I was there you know I thought that it was going to fill up a lot faster than it did just because it was a big game and yeah it only filled up closer like 10-20 minutes before the game anyways yeah I was uh I watched JJ McCarthy maybe 75 minutes before the game I'm not lying to you. He someone threw him a ball from the end zone. He was at like the 45. Literally Odell'd it with one hand. No gloves, nothing. And I was like, "What?" Everyone around me were like, "What?" But then just watching him in game just throwing dots. He was throwing, dude, he was throwing some dots in the game. Um you can see the arm talent there. So, uh, I just watched I just looked at a mock draft like a way too early mock draft for NFL and he's going 5 to the Vikings. Um which is a Packer that. fan, I, don't, I would hate yeah, that. I, I wouldn't like that. So um, we'll see, though. I, I think look, it's it's Michigan. They're the number two team in the country, and I think they showed that on Saturday. They did, and they finally, you know, Dylan brought this up, and I was thinking about like the past uh, four games they played before us or whatever, and it's like they, it takes them four to five games um, to hone in and really find out who they are, and they weren't going to let Nebraska be the ones to uh, finally reel in and put a closer game in. That was easily J.J. McCarthy's best game he's played um, because he's, you know, that Bowling Green game where he threw three interceptions. Hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Um, but he, man, he was just out there slinging it. And it was, he gets disrespected quite often, I feel like. J.J.? Yeah, I, I feel like. I he, think he's overrated still, but I'm also very biased and. I, I can't, think can't I think he's proved I think he's proved his worth. Um, but he I mean he has made mistakes in the playoffs before. Um, so when I mean, they like, play real talent, we'll see how yeah. good he actually is. Because be honest, the last four I'm even down in on Nebraska, but the last five games for them they haven't played anybody. Mm. So, but like you said though, typically we've seen in the years past, Michigan takes about four to five games to get things going. I mean they struggled in their first four games. They didn't look good against Rutgers at the beginning, at least. Mm-mm. Yeah, they were down 7-0, weren't they? Like, end of the first, first play. Quarter. First yeah. play, was, Rutgers scored. Oh, so. first play, really? Okay. <laughs> first and play, they didn't so. score since. And oh, then wow. they didn't score again. So, But they kind of showed, like you said, Zach, this, this is, my my opinion, the number one team in the country. I agree. So oh, yeah. They look better than Georgia, at least right now. Um, but we can move on. Illinois this week. It's a Friday night kickoff. 
Uh, I hate Friday night kickoffs. I don't know. I, I kind of like it because it, I don't. It makes me Saturdays. I like just enjoying you know college football, and so like having the Nebraska having not to worry about the Nebraska game on Saturday because that's what it is. It's kind of like I I I it, as being there, it's fun. But then I'm, when I'm watching an away game, I just get terrified because I don't know what Huskers you're going to see. Mm-hmm. So I kind of dread it. So getting it out of the way on Friday is how I view it. But how I look at it too, this is also like local high school. Yeah, Most you're right. Of the games are on Fridays. Mm-hmm. It kind of keeps them away from the high school games, which sucks for it does, these yeah, kids. Yeah, does. But you know, Big Ten just sucks at scheduling, anyways. They've never been good at it. But um, yeah, so we can go around. Um, what do you think is going to happen this game? Um, how we match up, et cetera. So. And what's your prediction? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, well, first of all. Before I make a prediction or anything, I thought it was interesting. Last night, I saw Memorial Stadium is on fire. <laughs> and at first, I didn't look into it. I thought it was the South Stadium, but actual Lincoln, Nebraska Memorial Stadium. I wouldn't be surprised if that thing started catching up. What is going on? Further look into it. No, it's University of Illinois. Um, I don't know. I think Illinois, they don't look that good this year. No, they rep- don't. Previous years, they looked real good. Well, especially last year. Last year was really the standout year for Belima. Yeah. Um, good defense, too. I mean, was it? Well, Devin Witherspoon from from there that got judged with Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's he's and they good. Have a, they have a couple All American defensive linemen yeah. on their line this year, even this year too. Wow. But Purdue put up forty four points on them last week, and that was at Purdue. Yeah, I call yeah Purdue. 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 Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was wild. I mean they lost to Penn State. That was big noon. Um, barely beat Florida Atlantic. Um, Kansas beat them. And then what was it Toledo? And they beat they beat Toledo by two. So I, do you, do you see on their schedule this year like one defining like win of like wow this is, you know this is Illinois. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. That's I, a great I, question. I, I think for me, when I look at this game, I think ultimately I, there's a lot of talk about the Huskers' offense. You know where's the identity? Um, you know are they are they trying to play Smash Mouth? Are they gonna get? You know their receivers more involved, get more skill players on the field, which that was a big topic after this week. But ultimately, I think I'm looking at that Nebraska defense. Um, the last two games, man, I, you were talking about LA Tech, like they were moving the ball versus they were. Nebraska. I mean, they didn't. They only scored 14, but they were moving and quick passes, boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, obviously last game Reimer doesn't play. I think he got injured in the LA Tech. Game. Did he even play in LA Tech? He got a concussion in the LA Tech okay. game, and then he couldn't play last he week. He was hospitalized. Yeah, for non-football. Okay, injuries. and it sounds like I don't or think he's going to play this week, is he? No, no. Nope. Yeah, we'll wait so, until after the bye week. I think that's probably the smart thing to do. Um, I, I really do think this is going to be a defensive battle. Um, I feel like it's. I'm not going to give my score prediction yet, but it, it, I think it's going to be a lower scoring type game. But I think this is going to come down to the trenches. Nebraska has been bodied um, versus Michigan. We talked about it, but they got pushed around. Um, it sounded like you know the, the the coaches weren't happy about that. You're talking about rule was hot. It seemed like the players this week, you know, they're kind of determined after what happened, um, you know, on Saturday. Uh, it, it'll be interesting, and I, I think this is going to be. Rule said this is kind of where our. I don't know if he said the. the I'm paraphrasing here, but like kind of like this is where the season starts. This is where you're going to find out about the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and I think that's true. I, I really do think like if they can get a win here, um, pretty favorable schedule coming up with uh, Northwestern and Perdon coming to town um, after the bye. So I think if they can get momentum here, this is it'd be a great win right before the bye. Three and three. Um, you know, time to sell scout over over the 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 break. But um, what do you guys what are you guys thinking um, this week with you know the matchups you're looking at? 
Yeah, I I think it's going to be a, a pretty defensive game, uh, but I think it'll be a little bit more scoring um, just because our defense will be strong, but there I I think that some issues that kind of remind me of a lot of like last year's defense were just like you know just didn't tackle and stuff like that. Now I think a lot of that will get fixed, but I was worried um, after you know the first two games our defense played that good. I'm like. There's no way they can keep this up for the, the entire year. It's it's Nebraska. We not we've not had a consistent defense like that since Bo Pelini. So I mean, it's like it's hard to just imagine our defense constantly balling out like that. So I think that there will be a little bit of struggles, but not enough because Illinois' defense I don't think is that great. And offensively, they're atrocious. Yeah. Well, so, so it's it's very favorable for Nebraska. I think Nebraska will win. Do you want me to give my prediction now or? Just wait. Just wait. Okay. Then we'll go around again okay. here. Um, I think this is finally the week the Nebraska defense forces turnovers. Okay. Luke Altmeyer mm. has seven interceptions on the year already. We're already f- only five games in, and he's very turnover prone. He was turnover, well, kind of turnover prone whenever he played. And I just think defensively, we match up better against their offense. They, I'm just the loss of Chase Brown really hurt Illinois, and. I mean, there was, he was a big reason why they were highly ranked last year, and their defense is not as good as last year. I mean, they had the number one scoring defense at the end of the year last year, so this is nowhere near where they were last year. And also, losing to Perdon't, 44-19 to <laughs> is not a good luck when Purdue isn't really an offensive team, and they're not really that great mm-hmm. of a team to begin with. Um, their only good players are Hudson Card and Devin Mockaby. They got a couple other good players, but the main guys are those two. And losing to almost losing Toledo. Granted, Toledo's a good football team, and then you almost lose to FAU, who doesn't have Casey Thompson. So I mean, or the, they might have had him then. I think they had. I don't remember. Anyways, I don't remember. But you almost lose to them. You had to come back and win that game. I like Nebraska matchup wise in this one. Um, so I'll go first with predictions. So it's going to be a defensive matchup. I'll give Nebraska the edge. I think we win twenty-three to twenty. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, I I think I agree with you. It's a defensive matchup. I think you know the last two weeks, no sacks for the Nebraska defense. No sacks, and the, the reason I know that because there's no Big Mac sack Monday. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge. I love Big Macs. I mean, like, yeah, I know. And, and even versus LA Tech, no sacks because they're, they're getting the ball out fast. Um, but I think, I think, you know, it's unfortunately this is not a home game. But I think we're gonna get sacks this week. Um, you know, I think this is gonna be like a three, four, maybe even five sack game. I think the defense is oh, gonna well, come out yeah. hot. Um, I like. I'm looking at Jamari Butler, bro. Um, two sacks on the season. He's gonna have four by the end of this game. Um, oh. Give me, give me, give me Huskers. Let's go. Let's go. 20 to 13. I think they they, they win by a touchdown. Um they'll give us they'll give up a touchdown but they're going to hold firm in the red zone. Um I like that. 20 to 13 Huskers win. Okay, I'm going to go more close to you Dylan. Uh uh 24-21 is my prediction. Um Wow. Just cuz I I think our defense will be strong, but there I think there's going to be enough scoring to points where like I don't know, I just the I feel like the issues cause like once you kind of get like in a bad streak like that it's a little hard to get out of it mm. until I mean we got the um, off week so that's gonna be huge for us um, but I, I still think we I'm pretty confident winning and I, I just 
I want to try to be a little bit generous in my scores because when I predicted the the first week, um, Minnesota, I was like, I think I did 21-10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, we didn't even score. Hmm. We, we didn't even score as much as I thought we did. So, I mean, like, it's... Um, I don't know. It's it's or no twenty one thirteen. I think I said. Yeah, you said. and they only scored ten points. So I mean, like it's it's tough. And then I, I'm just trying to be a little bit conservative for the Illinois side of things. So maybe you know a little reverse psychology on them. You know, I don't know. Maybe, That's the way I think maybe, about it. Maybe they don't score any. We yeah. Them out. Last time we beat Illinois, fun fact was twenty nineteen. So really, it was in Champaign. And we that had was come right before game day, wasn't it? Yep. I remember. It was the last time we beat them. So wow. We got it, brutal. We got it. We got. We got it. It's. 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 I. This is a must-win game. Honestly, it's because like, as much as like you want to give rule, you know, a long leash, you know, for this first year, this this just sets the tone for the entire year. And I think that you can start a year one better at Nebraska than you can at the disgraced Baylor team or school that it was back then, and then obviously Temple, which weren't anything before that. I mean, uh, look at this. If they beat Illinois, they're three and three going to the bye. Home versus Northwestern, home versus Purdue. Both very winnable games. Mm-hmm. On the road at Michigan State. Mel Tucker's no longer there. They're just I, not that good in my personal I opinion. I think, so. look, if they win the next four games, they're going bowling. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a tough ask for a Nebraska team. It is. It's Nebraska. They're probably going to Nebraska somewhere along the line. Maryland at home, that's a tough game. They're a good team. At Wisconsin, we never play good at Wisconsin or even versus Wisconsin. I can't remember the last time we beat them. But at home versus Iowa, no Cade McNamara toward ACL issue. Boy, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say we're going to go bowling because tell you what. I can't not, say I, it until it happens. I'm not going to say it until it happens. I have to see it to believe it. But I think if they can beat Illinois, very fair, favorable schedule for the next four weeks with the bye. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Can't, uh, can't, um, be mad about what our remaining schedule is. Other, yeah. I, I'm just a little scared about that Maryland game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't have to worry about that because that's the what third the last week of the season. So nothing to worry about it right now. Um, so we can move on, or we want to take a break. Take a short break. We'll take a uh, really quick break, and we'll do our college football pick'em. Welcome back to the last take. So we're going to start with our college football pick'em first. Though I'm going to go over our standings. So every week we keep track of our guest picks, mm-hmm. and then we um, put them on a leaderboard and we shout them out every week. Okay. So currently our last guest, Anthony Gumat, he went nine and one on his picks, which is tied for first. Tied Jake Salins from two weeks ago. Wow. He went nine and one as well. Wow. The rest of the standings we have Justice eight and two. Logan seven and three, Trevor six and four, and Charlie five and five. So just aim to be better than five and five. On this I'm week's gonna slate. go. Ten, I'm hoping to go ten and zero. Well, yeah. I mean that will. I think help. you got it. And then I um, got to beat Anthony. And then uh, <laughs> our main standings between me and uh, Blake. I'm fourteen fourteen on the air in first place. Blake's second, thirty six and eighteen. So he caught up by one game. Left. By one game. I. It's been a little bit interesting because I had a few games like the Iowa State UNI game is like one that stands out to me. He's like, I just picked UNI because my brother went there and so yeah. I'm a little faithful yeah. to them. And there's a few other games where I'm like, oh, I'm picking this. And you know. So start off our college football pick 'em. 
the Red River Showdown game played at Cotton at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Zach, you can go first. Well, last year Texas won. Was it forty-nine to zero? Yes. This year, I think Texas got even better. I don't think uh, I don't. There's no way Oklahoma wins this game, in my opinion. I think Texas is. They're stacked. Um, watching the, I just saw a highlight of, of the the linebackers of Oklahoma versus Iowa State on like before Iowa State scored for their first touchdown, and uh, they were getting pancaked. Um, I don't know. I like I like Texas. I like what they're doing recently. As much as I hate to say that as a Nebraska fan, um, I got Texas in this game. It's always gonna be horns down for me, but it, I think it'll be a closer game. Um, but I see you got like the Joel Klatt take where he's like they did get better, and which is true. Texas did get better, and Oklahoma. There, this is their I think first true test of the season, obviously. So. If Oklahoma could do, I'd say, like, it's sort of the unthinkable at this point right now, in my opinion, um, even though it's actually, right now, Oklahoma's favored to win on ESPN, which is actually a little... I don't like their FPI. Like, their FPI makes no sense sometimes. Sometimes it does. They do a pretty normal good job, but I don't know why they're giving Oklahoma 54.6% chance, unless, like, Quinn Ewers is, like, dead or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I, I got Texas. Uh, yeah, I got Texas too. I do think this game will be a lot closer than it was last year. No way it will be forty nine nothing again. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be that bad. I think it'll be closer. I still think they win by at least two scores. Yeah. So for my sports betting and the media special topic class I'm taking, we mm-hmm. have to do content creation. We make articles on our picks and stuff like that. So I picked this game to do it this year, or for this week and. Um, my prediction is Texas to win by seven, so they technically cover six and a half, and then the over hits. But this game should be good, but it'll be closer. I think Oklahoma's a little better on defense than they were last year. But Texas is Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I cannot not pick them. So, moving on, the Maryland Terrapins, who have started undefeated on the season, five and zero, go on the road into. The Horseshoe in Columbus, Ohio, to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow. Um, I'm kind of surprised Maryland's not ranked right now. I agree. They've looked good. Um, But as the Gus Johnson quote goes from way back in, what was it, 2016, 2017, when Denzel Ward blew what's-his-face up. I don't know the guy's name. He goes, you got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me? (laughs) I think this is is another... uh, I don't know if I'll, I'm going to call that that's going to happen again in this game, but I still think Ohio State wins. Um, Ohio State's got barbecue. Maryland didn't invite them. I love oh, that. They didn't invite Maryland. I messed that quote up. Whatever. Go ahead. Well, well that's you know what? That's gonna be our, <laughs> that'll be our clip of our week we're going to put on our social media. So there, there's your clickbait uh, uh, <laughs> clip right there. Thank you for that, Zach. Um, I got Ohio State. Just simple as that. Um, I think Maryland should be ranked, but it doesn't matter because they're just going to lose this game. So I know why they're ranked, not ranked. Who have they played? They haven't played anybody, to be honest. Mm. Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan State, and Indiana. Ah. It's not the greatest opponents. I mean, they have one power two. One non-Big Ten Power 5 opponent, which was Virginia, and Virginia mm-hmm. is probably the worst Power 5 football team in the country, so, unfortunately. But Ohio State's, I think they're just better all around. They're going to shut down uh, Tulia, and um, Ohio State should win by at least 14, in my, in my opinion. So, uh, Moving on, 
This one's a very interesting one. LSU, like we said earlier, is coming off a rough uh, or a really tough heartbreaker against Ole Miss on the road last week, going on the road into the Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. It's a blackout, as according oh, to really? Missouri's uh, Instagram. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like this is a tough game because Missouri's undefeated, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they yep. beat K-State, upstate K-State at home. They're playing good football. Um I don't know if I can see Brian Kelly's Tigers lose back-to-back games. Yeah, that's tough. That, that'd that, be that, tough. That, I think you can get them fired up. If if they didn't lose last week, I'd probably be picking Missouri. But they fought hard. Uh, give me LSU by a field goal. Okay, interesting. I, I got LSU too. Um, no way they lose back-to-back. I just feel like that's tough. Brian Kelly's a guy who's going to get people motivated. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, give me the Tigers. Put me in a bad spot. <laughs> you too. Take the upset. Do it. Yeah, I, I have to since you guys took the other uh, LSU. I'll take Missouri in this one. I really like Missouri this year. Um, if they get this win, look out SEC East or West. Technically, it's actually West, but you no, know, they're the East. I don't know why they're in the East, but um, yeah, look out SEC East or whatever division they're in. Look out for that division. Missouri's <laughs> coming, but yeah, I got. I'll just take the Tigers as one. That's fair. Uh, moving on. Wisconsin hosts the Rutgers Scarlet Knights is the best start for Rutgers in like a long time. So, really, they're four and one. What's Wisconsin going in this game? Uh, they're three and one coming off a bye week. Interesting. I'm gonna go with, with Wisconsin because they had the bye to prepare. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll take Fickles Badgers um, this week. I don't, I don't know if I have really good reasoning to do so, but it's at Camp Randall. They're home. Um, maybe that's my reason for it. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't see Rutgers doing it on the road. I mean, I, I might disagree with Zach here the entire time. I don't know. I'm just thinking <laughs> about my picks and how to. I, I, You're thinking strategically. I, I am starting to do that now, and that's kind of completely different how I did it before. Uh, I got the Badgers. I think that they're kind of going to hit their stride a little bit now um, and put some uh, wins together. But that's not to say I don't think it'd be a close game. I think. This Wisconsin team is kind of, I feel like they'll be more prone to mistakes. So mm-hmm. it's uh, they might make a mistake or two that'll lead them to a close game. But yeah, give me the Badgers. Um, so I guess when they played Purdue, Wisconsin lost Chaz Malusi for the rest of the year. So I don't know, but Rutgers doesn't have no Braylon Allen, who I think is still 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely isn't. I think he's 19 now. But the uh, Rutgers does not have a Braylon Allen, and honestly, just Wisconsin's defense—it's kind of been like mid this year. But they've played better opponents than Rutgers per se. So, uh, give me the Badgers in this one. I can't take Rutgers on the mm. road in Camp Randall. So, moving on, number 13, Washington State, the team Wisconsin lost to, goes on the road into the Rose Bowl to take on the UCLA Bruins. This one should be interesting. This is an interesting one. Um, I know the Washington State fans are in their feelings after their flag was not at game day. Do you hear all that drama this past yeah, week? No, nope. I didn't that. hear about that. What What was the... It's a long story. Look it up after. Which, Essentially, so... they've had their flag at game day like in the background for, for so long. Okay, 200... Yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska fans used to do that. There used to be a traveling game day Nebraska fans. It's like 236 okay. straight, something crazy like that. Yeah, and uh, essentially... They didn't do it. Was it last week or the Notre Dame game? One or the other two. I think it was this last week. And they're all mad about it. Um, that's a whole thing, whole separate thing. This is a good game. Part of me wants to pick UCLA just because of that. They're upset, but I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Washington State um, to win this one. 
I'm finally going to defer from you. I'm going to go uh, UCLA. Um, not this is one of the games where I feel like you know just kind of the Pac-12 beats on itself, you know. And I yeah. just Washington State four zero. That's a fantastic start for them. Um, ranked number thirteenth. UCLA, I still think is a good team. Um, had that close loss. I mean, fourteen to seven. They got to get some offense back rolling again, which I think they can do. Um, it's going to be a gritty win, but UCLA. Interesting thing. UCLA is favored in this game by three points. Is that a going. fact? It is. Wow. According to Caesar Sportsbook. Really? That's on ESPN. I don't know. Uh, yeah, UCLA's favored in this one, which is kind of surprising in my opinion. Uh, Washington State, Cam Ward's having himself a good year. 106 for 142 passes. 1390 yards. 13 touchdowns. Very good year on, on so far this year. I think Washington State has enough to win this game. Unf- I'll take Washington State. UCLA, I mean, it's not really a hostile environment really anymore at this point. Uh, UCLA is one of those teams like Miami that needs a stadium on campus. Um, this one should be close, should be fun. Mm. Pac-12. Can't get better than that yeah. right now. Best conference in football currently. So for this year until... You know, they don't exist next year. So, yeah, I got Washington State in this one. I just think they'll have enough to beat UCLA. So, moving on, this is a conference matchup. UCF versus Kansas for the first time as conference opponents. Odd to say that, but yeah, here we are. very odd. Um, hmm. I'll take Kansas. I think they're going to rebound after last week. Um, they lost 40-14 to to Texas. I think they're going to – I think I think they'll win this game. They're home, yeah? Yeah. yeah, they're home. So I'll take Kansas. Uh, I got Kansas too. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm, I'm he agreed with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty high on them. I, you know, kind of like an eight and four years, kind of like when yep, I see them yep. going out. And I still think UCF is a very solid team. You know, they just had that close heartbreak loss to Baylor. So I mean that, and uh, you know, a decently close game to Kansas State. Um, you know, that game kind of got different there in the end of it. Um, but yeah, uh, give me the Jayhawks. Okay, I would take UCF normally, but UCF's coming off a game against Baylor where they're up thirty-five to ten, mm-hmm. and they blew it. Blew it. That's huge. Lost thirty-six to thirty-five on a basically a walk-off field goal. Um, I'm gonna take Kansas. I think they're a lot better than uh, good old old Kansas. This is a mm-hmm. whole other Kansas team. Um, it doesn't even matter who's at quarterback for them if it's if it's Daniels or Bean. I mean, both of them are really good. Devin Neal is very good too. So. I think Kansas should win this one. So moving on, this one's a, a fun one. Number twenty Kentucky coming up, starting the season five and zero, coming off a massive victory over their rivals, the Florida Gators, going on the road into Samford Stadium to take on the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Wow, um, this would be a good matchup. You know, Blake and I were talking, um, and right now I just Georgia. Yeah, they're the number one team. Personally, I don't think they look like the number one team right now. Agree. Um, Kirby Smart came out. Was it today? And was saying he thinks all SEC teams should be ranked. Vanderbilt, rank Vanderbilt, rank Vanderbilt. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, as I, I want to pick Kentucky in this game. I, I think Georgia's going to lose a, an upset game at some time this year. I don't think Kentucky is probably going to pull this one off. But the line right now is fourteen and a half, around fourteen and a half, fifteen. I think it's going to be a one-score game. If not, they lose by 10, but they're going to cover. I think Kentucky covers this game. Um, so, yeah, I'm betting on I'm betting on Kentucky to cover. I still think Georgia wins, though. 
Yeah, I got to go with Georgia. It's kind of like a thing where I was telling you, it's like they're going to lose a game, but it's one of those things until proven otherwise. You know, they yeah. I feel like they just escape out of games. You know, they'll be able mm-hmm. to just kind of fly by their skin and their teeth there, you know. Um, yeah, g- give me Georgia for now. Um, I don't think the loss is coming just yet, but we got a few weeks until that happens. I think it will. I'm not picking an upset this week, but like you said, Zach, this one, look out, Georgia. Kentucky's pretty good. I mean, Devin Leary, he's a very good quarterback. Uh, Ray Davis, their running back for Kentucky, he had 200 rush yards in the first half against Florida. I think he finished with like 280-something. So he's a good running back. I don't know, really, I don't think Florida was that good to begin with, though. But I, I just think Georgia's just a little better, and I don't think the upset. I don't think they'll get upset at home. I think it'll be a road game where they maybe against Tennessee later this year. I don't know. So, uh, but give me Georgia in this one. So moving on, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming off a big win over Duke on the road, going on the another road game, take on the Louisville Cardinals. It's kind of an interesting one. Both are actually Louisville's undefeated. So, wow, you know. This is this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I've been, I guess, kind of following Notre Dame uh, after the Lou Holtz beef with Ryan Day. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! But there's, uh, let me pull something up. This is going to be a sound bite because okay, good, good. Um, let's just see. Give me a second here. There's a lot of good stuff on YouTube. One of them's Lou Holtz creates new language. <laughs> There's, hold up. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think, I think Notre Dame wins this game, but um, it'll be close. It'll be close. I'll take Notre Dame. Um, they got a tough schedule though, man. I mean, look, it's Notre Dame. Then they got USC at home. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not an easy schedule, cupcake schedule for them this year. But here's what I'll say. Anyway, we should score twenty on our own. Defense pick up one touchdown. Can't get picked one touchdown. We got this game one. You know, I think that's going to be the why Notre Dame wins this game. <laughs> that's why. That's why Notre Dame wins. That's that my soundbite. There's your soundbite right there. Like that's four. why Notre Dame wins this game. Like uh, yeah, I Zach, man, I'm, I'm gonna follow along again with you. Notre Dame, Louisville's pretty good. You know, Jeff Brown's got things uh, rolling there. I'm pretty surprised because Louisville is kind of like was it 2015, 2016? We're kind of like they were pretty decent. You know, Purdue. No, uh, Louisville. They've like, before Jeff. They've been decent, typically. I mean, well, no, they've they been terrible. Lamar Jackson. They had Malik Cunningham. Yeah, recently. Lamar Jackson. That was the last time they were good. They've been historically probably terrible before that, and then sort of afterwards they dipped down again where they weren't as good. They've been all right historically. They're not horrible. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Sure. I'm, I'm I want you to look, I, actually. I'm, I'm make a when that still existed for football. Hold on. Let's look, let's look this up. Louisville seasons. Because I'm actually interested in this. It's hold on one second. They've been good. They've been the ACC, American, Big East. American's not good. I'm sorry, you can't bring that up and say they're good. Okay, they had to go to the American because the Big East didn't exist. Yeah. But they've they've consistently made bowl games in the past, so they're good. And you can't you can't cherry pick uh, stats from like the '60s. I'm not so. sure picking stats from the '60s, but it's so like ever since pretty much the early uh, late '90s, they've been consistently in bowl games. There's only been a couple years they they haven't. I mean, seven and five, seven and six. I see a lot of those. Six, yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, they have these standout years every so often. I mean, excluding 2020, 
I mean, they've been pretty good. So, and they've they've consistently been ranked. I mean, even in, as of recently, 2016, they were ranked third in the country as their highest ranking in an AP poll. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, eight and five, nine and four. I mean, that's good and all, but then they lose in the bowl game and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, that, that's still it's the, still good for a school like that. Or like, that, or are they good? Middle, school? They're a middle of the table ACC school, so you look at it that way. I guess. I, I guess that's I guess that's one way to look at it. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you, but um, they Louisville, you know, they had the few recent years we haven't been great. Um, yeah, um, but they. Uh, Actually, uh, I'd say, kind of looking at Nebraska way, but we haven't been good, but at least they've made bowl games, so. Yeah. <laughs> at least more recently than we have. Um, yeah, because um, their coach now is Jeff Brom, right? Yeah. Yes, Jeff Brom. Jeff, Jeff Brom, yep. So, he used to play. He used to yeah, play that's there. why he went there. So anyways, uh, we'll cut all that out, thankfully. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they... Could be a lot closer um, than it actually is. I'm, I'm pretty. I am still surprised that he's gotten things. Uh, sharp five and zero. Oh, that's a that's a fantastic start. So, pretty impressive on his part. But I got I got the Irish here. Interesting thing too. Um, Louisville, their quarterback Jack Plummer. He was the quarterback at Purdue when Jeff Fromm was there oh. before they got Aiden O'Connell. Oh. Or he became the starter. That's so didn't know um, that. Yeah, uh, Louisville's good. But I think Notre Dame is much better, and this game will be a test for them before having to take on the US, uh, USC and Caleb mm. Williams next week. So mm. give me Notre Dame in this one. I just think they're a lot better if they've been tested this year already. Only lost coming to Ohio State because they have 11 players on the field. So um, that seems to be fixed after getting a big win over Duke last week. So give me Notre Dame, um, at least by a touchdown. So moving on. Second to last game here, the Arkansas Razorbacks are going on the road into Oxford to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. You know, at my internship this summer, I met a guy named Parker, and he's from Arkansas, goes to school there. Talked very highly about their football program. Do I pick Arkansas to win this game? That's the question. They've lost three in a, three in a row, okay? Um, it's not been – they lost to BYU 38-31. At home, at LSU, they only lost by three, 34 to 31. They just lost to AM, 34 to 22. I'm not going to take Arkansas to win this game as much as I want to. Uh, I'll take Ole Miss, and I think they cover. Interesting. Okay. I don't want to pick against Ole Miss. I, this would be a close game, and like four straight for Arkansas, that'd be a little bit of a disaster for them. I mean, that, that's a, that'd be happened pr- last year. <laughs> yeah, happened last year. But I mean, I think this team is a little bit better than last year. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't want to just. There's nothing it's you, Zach, but I'm just saying I don't want to just. I kind of want to divert some things here. Yeah, that's fair. But I got to Ole Miss. I think Lane Kiffin's got him rolling now. I think the Alabama loss. He was pretty disappointed in that. So he'll he'll get the team fired up, especially after you know that crazy LSU game. So I'm I'm gonna stick with the Rebels. Oh, you were so close. I, I was so, so close, close, but I'm. At, oh, ah. This is not an upset for me either. I, I'm taking Ole Miss yeah. in this one. I think offensively they're just much better than Arkansas. Um, Jackson Dart's having himself a year with 14,800 14, or 14, no, 1,485 yards, 11 touchdowns, and only two interceptions on the year. Uh, Quidshawn Junkins is a dog. He's a great running back. And then um, uh, what's his name? Jordan Watkins is having himself a good year too, receiving wise. So I think Ole Miss is. 
better than Arkansas. Sorry, Arkansas fans, if we have any, you're going to lose four straight. <laughs> Might be five any. straight. So who do, I don't know who they play next week, but I think Ole Miss should win this one, especially since it's at home, too. I mean, mm-hmm. coming off big win. Uh, so give me Ole Miss. So the last one. This one was a fun one. I thought this would be a inter- uh, fun one to pick. So f- number 24, Fresno State is going on the road into Laramie to take on the Wyoming Cowboys. This could get close, and I, th- I think so. Tell you what, let me just read you the last two games of Wyoming. They beat New Mexico 35-26. Before that, they beat App State 22-19. Close game. But they opened the season with an overtime win over Texas Tech, 35-33. I have this one going to overtime. Wyoming's going to win. Charlie would be very happy with you. Give me Wyoming. That's my, I guess that's my upset of the week. I don't know who's favoring this game. Uh, Fresno by a touchdown. Give me Wyoming. Give me Wyoming. Zach, Zach I was hoping you pick Fresno State because I'm pick, I'm like no matter what I'm picking Wyoming. I was literally thinking about here. I'm like I'm picking Wyoming. I'm picking Wyoming. Yeah, me too. Double overtime. Wyoming's got it. Go Cowboys. Come on. Uh, I'll, I'll divert. I'll take Fresno State in this one. I wanted to take oh. Wyoming, but you two took Wyoming. <laughs> Sorry. I hate going last sometimes. So. Uh, I like I like Fresno State. They have some good wins. Um, they had a nice win on the road. And I know it's Arizona State. They suck. <laughs> but Arizona State, the week after, gave tr- troubles to USC. Mm. And they will give troubles to Colorado this mm-hmm. week as well. They're really tough to beat in um, Tempe. But mm-hmm. Fresno State, I mean, they basically blew them out 29 nothing. Um Fresno State also beat Purdue. Wow. On the road, so I like Fresno State in this one, and also I'm just taking it because you guys took Wyoming. Hmm. So that was our college football pick 'em. Uh, there's a lot of good games this week. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll move on to the NFL. We are back from break. Time for our expanded NFL segment. Um, yeah, let's uh, you know just review the the first four weeks of uh, NFL action. So yeah, who wants to get anything first? I guess Zach, you're you are NFL yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, so I'm more of an NFL guy than I am college football. Hopefully that wasn't too apparent in the first section. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Packers fan. Um, and I guess we'll get into the Green Bay Packers in a little bit. I think for me, one thing that's just been sticking out uh, has been, oh man, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, I guess I'll start with, let's start with the Bears. The Bears this offseason, I don't know, is anyone here a Bears fan? No. Yeah, I'm a Chiefs yeah. fan, so. I'm a Lions fan. So. It, it's been so funny to me as a Packers fan to look at the Bears and look at their fan base and look at Bears Twitter. And what has transpired in the last five weeks? I have not seen a fan base talk so much trash and how Justin Fields is going to be the MVP to after week one was say, they got silent. After week two, they kind of were like, uh-oh, this isn't good. we got to fire you know, Luke Getze. Then it turns into week three, like maybe Justin Fields isn't the guy. 
and then week four it's full on tank. Let's go, let's just tank. Let's trade Justin Fields. You know, let's fire Eberflus. Let's fire Getze, and let's just start from the ground up, and let's get Caleb, and let's get Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's been so funny to me as a Packer fan to see the the Bears Twitter implode from going Justin Fields is the MVP, uh, the next MVP of this league. To okay, we need to move on from him. Um, but I hate to say, I, I, I don't know if I'll say I saw this coming, but um, it's just very interesting to see. I, I, I didn't see him going 0 and 4. I think they'd at least be 1 and 3, um, if not 2 and 2 so far this year. So that's been a big one for me. And then also, I think um, the Lions are looking good. Uh, I mean, they, they beat, they stomped on my Packers at home last Thursday, but um, they go into it. Arrowhead at First game of the season, and they beat Mahomes at their place, courtesy of um, uh, Kadarius Tony. Thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I think that also the Chiefs' offense just doesn't exploded as much as much people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I think the, the, the biggest surprise, and I guess the biggest thing I've noticed is the Bears in the first couple few weeks, and then um, I'll talk about the Packers in a little bit. But they, they've been, I guess, the Packers have met my expectations. Um, but yeah, it's been a great four weeks. I don't know. I, I love the NFL and we were just talking about fantasy football and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I think for me, I kind of transitioned to being more of an NFL fan, maybe early high school, late middle school. I think that's when I started to play fantasy football. And like, once you play fantasy football and you start playing it a lot, then you start watching the games on Sundays. Um, and also, it doesn't help that Nebraska football hasn't been too good in the last decade either. But um, I love NFL football. I think for me, yeah, it's it's an interesting season so far, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. For you, I know you're a Chiefs fan and you're a— Lions fan. Wow, really? Okay. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts through the first four weeks? What stuck out to you? Well, um, I'm very impressed with the Lions so far. Like, I was a little afraid at first, like how much hype we had going into um, going into this season, like how we ended last year beating the Packers at Lambeau, eliminating the Packers from the playoffs. We could have <sighs> made it if the if the Rams didn't um, suck. So, I'm I'm very impressed with that. So I was a little scared. I mean, we beat the Chiefs, which we were riding off that huge high. Then Which you got immediately him. losing all of that when we lost to Seattle, but then we kind of picked it up at Lambeau and against uh, the Falcons as well. So I'm very impressed. Um, at least, at least, Pat, us Lions fans, we didn't like talk too much trash over the off season. I don't no, know I why. Don't the, think, I think it was reasonable. Um, I didn't see a lot of Lions trash talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why the Bears even tried. I mean, no. I knew Justin Fields. I've been. I, I've been like trying to like say like you know give him time. I mean his offensive yeah. line has been atrocious every single year he's been there. Still not that great. He hasn't had the the weapons around him. I was like give him time. This year maybe he has he has DJ Moore now. I mean maybe Chase Claypool does something. Nope. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Bears are pretty bad, um, especially when there's six point underdogs going on this week. Yikes! Against the Washington Commanders, which is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but otherwise, kind of a surprise. I'm surprised how fast Miami started. Like I knew they were yes, good. Yes, yes. I knew they were good, but I didn't think they'd start off this hot. I mean, they kind of dampered off a little bit after this last week, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was so surprised Absolutely. for how quick they started. And I think it's interesting. The NFL is a copycat league. Week one, 
they use Tyree Kill in this motion where he essentially sprints as fast as he can to the, to the sideline in motion. Now, they've used people have motioned out like that, but he's he, maybe he's in the slot and he just go, goes right. But week two, NFL teams all across the league start copying them. Packers do it. Um, and that's something I've noticed literally every single game since week one that they do in some capacity with tight ends or with receivers. It's just a different kind of motion, but absolutely, I think Miami. Um, for you, Blake, what have you noticed with your Chiefs? Well, you know, that a little disappointed last. I got a little upset about that. I mean, it's like, as a Chiefs fan, you know, early in the season, they, they kind of have those games where they just kind of like blow it. You know, I, I just think to Indianapolis, uh, the Colts, just that game um, – uh, last year, and it was just like they, they should not have lost that game. You know, just played terrible. Um, but, you know, the Lions are a good team, so that's uh, that's not a terrible loss. And it was, again, only like a one – was it one point in the end, 21-20 or something like that? I yeah. think it was. Yeah. So a couple things didn't go, go our way. I mean, if our wide receivers actually, you know, held on to the football and caught a pass, then I think it'd be different. But, yeah, you know, just talking about being an NFL fan in general, um, I was always the more – college fan and that's for almost every sport I was always college guy college guy but you know with Nebraska not being good and the Chiefs obviously starting to be fantastic and I've had fans um, I've had a family who have been um, like devout Chiefs fans so like I've always been around that stuff and um, then I started getting into the NFL because I just really liked the style of play and the NFL was sort of like an escape from just the different style of college football so I became a, a pretty big NFL fan. I just enjoy a lot of the games, how they ebb and flow. Now this year, there's been a lot of stinkers um, in a lot of these games. It's I feel like a little bit more surprising, I'll be honest, just with how you can have these huge blowouts. I mean, just kind of like college-style blowouts, and it's just crazy to watch these professional athletes just get torn apart like that. You know, that Cowboys game, oh. I don't even know how it gets that bad. You know, even the, the Miami-Denver uh, game, I mean, I Again, my goodness, how, how you dis- dismantle uh, an NFL team like that? I don't know, but you know, I the offense. I'm 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 not necessarily too. Well, I guess actually, I should be a little more worried because of the Jets' performance this past weekend. Mahomes did not play as well. You guys got outplayed. Zach Wilson outplayed Mahomes. I mean, he did. I mean, straight up. Imagine outplayed. that headline coming into this year. Zach Wilson outduels Mahomes. I've been like, uh, stay off think, the meth, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> stay off the weed. weed yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but no, I, I think yeah, the Jets are interesting storyline. Interesting storyline. I think as a Packer fan, I, I wanted Rodgers to do good. I didn't want him to get injured. But now we lose the first round pick because he has to play sixty five percent of snaps. That's not going to happen. So that was tough. Now he goes under this. Rodgers goes down. The Jets win week one. Lose the Cowboys week two. Week three they played the Patriots. Patriots lose. They should have won that game. Lost at home. And then almost beat the Chiefs without uh, – I don't like blaming the refs. There were some questionable calls that game. Very late holding flag on Sauce Gardner. The maybe no call on the holding on the th- third and 20, but Mahomes ended it with his feet. But I thought Zach Wilson, that drive out of half. I mean, if you would have put a number 12 jersey on him, you would have thought that's probably – No, if he – I mean, the fake on the goal line, I don't know if that was the same drive where he faked it to the running back and acted like he didn't have the ball. That's textbook Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the throw to the Lazard in the back of the end zone, the defender gets his like middle finger to barely tip it but not fast enough. Um, I don't know. I mean, what happens if the Jets go on a run here? 
That'd be interesting, especially with Zach Wilson, and especially all the hate Zach Wilson has got. Oh, I mean, that one, ridiculous. that one guy. Um, is it Rodney Harrison? Yeah, who just completely berated him. I've never calling I, him garbage. Uh, an analyst calling to, him to Chris garbage. Jones. I mean, that's just that's just wild to me how it's you wild. how you say that in a professional broadcast. I, I don't know that. And the, the sports broadcasting world right now has got a lot of personalities even, but that are just able to say stuff like that. Even I just Thursday like so, night, did you see the who call, Ryan Fitzpatrick called poor, Jerry Goff? A poor man's Matt Ryan. Yeah, like, what? I, what is, I don't know. It's it's a little interesting. Um, the Chiefs they got to get a few things figured in offense, but the problem is that the Chiefs have. The entire world looking at him right now because a special someone's dating a certain player. So I mean, like, it's uh, makes me hate the Chiefs even more than originally. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Swifty by any means. Don't hate me for that. I just have my other artists that I like better. Um, that I think clear the weekend. Um, but you know, anyways, <laughs> yeah. I just there's there's too much limelight on the Chiefs right now to where like they're they've kind of been a little bit folding under pressure, especially offensively and. They did lose their offensive coordinator, um, Eric Bellamy. You know, left. Be enemy. Be enemy. Excuse me. Uh, left, and he's at the the, the Commanders yeah. now. So that I didn't I didn't realize how kind of a big party played and some of that stuff. But yeah, just I don't. Our offense has not really clicked um, enough to say that we're going to win the Super Bowl. But again, mm. the Chiefs early in the season do have those games where they just play terrible. But I I don't, don't want to see them just. Start losing games because I think that could happen. But yeah, that is what I thought. I guess uh, now we can go on. Um, just you know, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Adams, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Anything about so, those guys? I, I, we can first because we didn't really talk about this. Zach, I'm curious. Who do you think are your by far like straight up contenders this year for playoffs and Super Bowl? Straight up contenders. Let's, uh, out let's of the say, AFC, hold on, before we do that, let's just say like the Super Bowl is played like let's say like when uh, next Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, who's if, in if, it? If, who who you would think would make the Super Bowl? Super Bowl if it's, it was. I think today. lo and behold, the Niners are the best team in the NFL right now. I don't think it's close. Um, I feel like the Eagles are a shell of their former selves at least last year. I mean, they're four zero. That they haven't lost a game yet, but almost lost to the Commanders. I think it went to overtime. Um, but the Niners have just offensively – Kyle Shanahan knows how to design play. It's ridiculous how one play looks like a run, the same exact play they run, and it's a pass. Um, how the AFC is tougher. I, I don't think the Chiefs will make the Super Bowl this year. I think this is finally the year where Mahomes has to play a road playoff game. Every single playoff game he's ever played has been at home. He's never been on the road outside of the Super Bowl. But that's not a – that's, I guess, it's still a playoff game, but like – Leading up to the Super Bowl, he's never played a, on a road playoff game. Um, I still think they'll probably win the division. I don't. I don't think the Chargers are good enough. They don't have a good enough defense. Um, Raiders are, um, and then the Broncos might have one of the worst defenses ever. Um, I don't know. Out of the AFC, who goes to the Super Bowl this year? I, Bills look terrible week one, and they've looked great since then. AFC is a lot tougher to decide. Bengals do not look good. We're going to talk about Joe, Joe Burrow in a little bit. Um, man, that's tough. I don't know. AFC team, hmm, that's that's really hard to put me in a spot like that. I I think you know what, that's really. I'm, you know what? Tough. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Give me a Dolphins Niners Super Bowl. Okay, give that to one. me. That'd be, give that'd that be to pretty me. fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'd down. love to see the Dolphins in the Super Bowl and then beat the Niners because the Niners just 
can't win Super Bowls ever since they passed an Aaron Rodgers. Simple as that. Yep. Yeah. But right now, in terms of just contenders in both sides of AFC and NFC, you know, I think obviously Bills will make the playoffs, Chiefs will make the playoffs, um, Dolphins will make the playoffs. I mean, AFC East is pretty good. I think the Jets will sneak in there. I really do. I think they're going to turn it around. I think they're going to be a, a seven seed, a six, seven seed, and maybe who knows? Aaron Rodgers surgery, he might come back magically. That just pull an Aaron Rodgers magic trick out of the hat. Um, that'd be that'd be wild. I think the Chargers also also make the playoffs. That's five. Uh, who else in the? I don't know. Let's see. AFC North, you Ravens, the, and you have the South too. Yeah, in the South. I think the Texans won the South. There's seven. Okay. There's right. seventeen. They win the South, so technically they'd be a division winner. So. They would be a top four seed. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just listening to you. Yeah, no, I, I get you though. Um, NFC is tougher. I can, you know what? I already went over all the AFC contenders. I'll do a, uh, NFC predictions for playoffs. No particular order in terms of seeding. Um, let's go: Niners, Cowboys, Buccaneers, and then Lions. I think uh, I think the Rams might sneak in there too. Um, Seahawks. And then I think I think Green Bay's the seven seed. I think they sneak. No Eagles. Oh crap! Eagles as well. Oh crap! <laughs> you know what? Take that back. Eagles are in there. I think Eagles will probably. You know what? I think the Cowboys will win the division this year. I can okay. see it. I can actually see it. Too. Yeah, I I could I could see that. So, but it'll be close. Mm-hmm. It'll be close. Um, as much as I don't want to say that, they look pretty good so far. But they lost the Cardinals. So you know what? I that's a toss up right now. Tell you what, take the Rams out of there, put the Packers in at the seventh seed. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's going to be a, a Niners, Dolphins, Super Bowl. Yeah, but I don't know. I think to, to, I don't want to have to go back to a, a thing up there, but I think a big surprise for me has been um, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I did not think mm-hmm. he's one of the I think four quarterbacks in the last ten years um, to throw three touchdowns a game. I think zero picks and average over three hundred yards, um, or at least. Yeah, yeah zero, t- a- zero picks and over 300 yards a game, and I don't know if the touchdown stats in the, involved in that as well. Um, but I didn't think he's going to be that good. And you know, some people are saying he's a top 10 quarterback already. I don't know if I go that far, but he's certainly playing very good. What What have you guys noticed about Stroud and/or what's your biggest surprise or disappointment so far outside of what we talked about to to open with? Yeah, with with Stroud out of that rookie quarterback class, I you know I thought Bryce Young was going to was kind of getting disrespected, you know, because of his height, and I just thought, like, he's a pretty solid quarterback. I thought that he would have the composure back there, but, you know, not a great start for those Panthers. My goodness. Uh, damn you, Matt Rule. Um, <laughs> the reason why the Panthers are 0-4 right now. Um, but, yeah, the Falcons, you know, that's that's pretty interesting, you know, 500 right now, 2-2. Two and two. It, they're, they're definitely something someone to look forward to. I just... You know the the Buccaneers. I don't know. That's kind of surprising to me. Like with looking at like the NFC South um, in particular, uh, I I kind of like Baker Mayfield doing good because you know when he started off at um, the Browns, the Browns, you know they weren't terrible and they they were they were pretty decent. And I thought that they would continue to stay that way. And they were kind of like the team back then. I, I would say they were one of the teams where I like kind of like would nonchalantly you know root for a little bit. You know, just because I, I, they're one of the teams that you know hasn't historically been great, and then you know have a pretty good years. But yeah, I, I like seeing him um, perform well, and especially you know last year that that Rams game where he came in there out of nowhere and just played his tail yeah. off. That was that was honestly one of the 
most fun football games I've watched. Just just seeing a player come out of nowhere like that and join a team like that, that's that's kind of like, you know, I'm a motorsports fan, seeing a driver join a team for one weekend and just overperform in a car that they really shouldn't. You know, that's wild. So that, that was fun. I like the the Buccaneers, especially the NFC South. So yeah. Also, they have Trey Palmer. Trey so. Palmer. So yeah, he's okay. him. Yeah, he's been he woke good. up pissed pissed off quite a few times. So got a moss. <laughs> he, he mossed the Saints uh, mm-hmm. DB this past weekend. Don't um, know how he went so low, but you know. Yeah, the Bucks look good though. I, I I'll be honest, I didn't think they're going to be three and one. Not at I. Five. And if anything, I thought you know NFC South that's a pretty weak division, but they're not looking half bad. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's really hard to to give my pick on contenders and sleepers for the playoffs you know this early in the season albeit people do that mm. before the season starts it's just yep. right now it's there's so many moving parts um but i don't know i don't know if i don't know if i'd say anyone is like obviously tanking yet you can make an argument for like the bears but it, it seems like that last game it wasn't like they were trying to lose it they were up three scores yeah they're <laughs> And then they they just throw it away, and it, they they went for the win by going for it on fourth down, and then um, Broncos go up and put a field goal on the board, and they go up by three. So I don't know. It's it, it's a very weird year so far because I think so many so many things are moving. Right, Rodgers is on a different team. The NFC North is now. Who? When was the last time Detroit was favored to win the division? Never, <laughs> never. I don't. Yeah. Know. Since before the, I mean, before even divisions, I yeah, mean, we haven't been good. So and Miami puts maybe the nineties, a seventy burger, a seventy burger. What is we, this? The nineties? Yeah, it's. Just, I guess I guess the Lions' the last name were probably favorite was the nineties when we had Barry. So it, I I don't know. It's just a very weird thing. And then uh, we're going to talk about Joe Burrow in a little bit. But my goodness, he I have him on his fantasy team. He's not playing good so far. I think he's he's still playing injured, and I think he's trying to play through the injury. If he's not mobile, I just don't think – you just got to blitz him, and that's that's how you beat Burrow. Yep. Um, or at least right now, which is wild to say considering the receivers that they have. Um, you'd think don't blitz, play coverage. So <laughs> very odd season so far. For you guys, I mean, what do you think in terms of, I guess, players that should be traded? I know that's on the screen right now. There's a lot of talk with those guys. What are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts, Devontae Adams, even Jonathan Taylor, who just returned to practice today and might be playing this week? Well, I've seen something where Jonathan Taylor still doesn't want to be a cult. Yeah. I did see that recently. Um, And also I've been hearing like possible, or I've been seeing like possible rumors of Devontae Adams might might be wanting to get out of uh, Vegas. And then fantasy-wise, I think Pitts needs to leave. Uh, I would ask. Don't throw him the ball. Like the thing he does, he has done well though at this year is when he gets targets, he is 100% like they throw the ball to him. It's a deep route, but their quarterback play is atrocious. Desmond Ritter is not good, in my opinion. And oh, I don't, I don't think that's a controversial take at all. <laughs> yet, yet Green Bay and, and our defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, made him look very good. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, um, he, Kyle Pitts, unfortunately, has just been overshadowed. I mean, yep. even this year too, with the the draft pick of Bijan Robinson, who's the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. He might be better than him if he stays healthy. So, like, it's unfortunate for Pitts, and I think he he might just need a new. Um, I think he just might need to be traded new new place yeah. for to a team that would use him. Well, he was in, a top ten right pick, way. wasn't he? A top yeah, ten yeah. pick, and they just don't throw him the ball. 
Like he's and, a glorified wide receiver. So like I don't know why they wouldn't throw him the ball. I mean, who else do they have? Drake London, who they barely throw the ball to him either. Even in the the London game, you look at the receivers and they won't even high five Desmond Ritter. He tries to go dap him up and they won't even do it. They're so yeah. angry at him. So I think that's interesting. I think Devontae Adams, that's a very odd situation because he goes to Las Vegas because really for two reasons. He wants to get closer to home. Um, and two, he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Well, Derek Carr's gone. He's with the Saints now. And so he's kind of in quarterback hell playing with playing with Jimmy G and Aiden O'Connell. Jimmy G won't throw deep. He just throws underneath. Um, and Aiden O'Connell made his first start last weekend, had a couple turnovers. And I think the entire team's just frustrated with losing. And I think it comes back to the right now that the Belichick coaching tree, mm-hmm. every prospect that comes from – Belichick, every coach that goes on to be a head coach, usually don't turn out that well. Matt Patricia. Yeah, um, we know well. Yes, Lions fans we know, do. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And Understand so, that. Um, McDaniels is just, he's not playing, his, his team's not playing that great. I think I, there was a video I saw of Raiders fans walking by uh, the, the Raiders owner at SoFi Stadium. Fire McDaniels! And he's getting into it with the fans. It's just a very weird situation. I don't know. It's crazy to think that the trade deadline, this is how fast football is going. The trade deadline is less than a month away. It's nuts. It, it is. And this, I don't know, this this season I felt like has gone by very quick. Very quick. Like it was, I felt like it was slow to get here a little bit. You know, you had the preseason games yeah. and you're like, yeah. oh, it's coming, it's coming. But then it happened and it's on a roll. Like I, I remember watching that Thursday night football game um, between the Chiefs and Lions. And it's like, that felt like yesterday. But we're already here well past that. So, yeah, I guess that, you know, can transition over into our fantasy football uh, segment right here. And just, you know, the questions of how do our fantasy teams look? Um, who do you think is due for a breakout performance? And, uh, yeah, will Joe Burrow step up? <laughs> uh, or, uh, and, and then the for you specifically, this is kind of like to, to give our listeners, uh, yeah. Zach, advice for the rest of the season. Wow. Especially fantasy football-wise. Yeah, so I play in three leagues. I play in a family league, so it's with my mom's side and my immediate family, so my brothers and um, a couple people like my mom's brother, so my uncle, um, a couple cousins. And then I play in a high school league with some high school buddies, and I play in a college league, so three different ones. My college league, I just lost this last weekend by .04 points to my roommate. Oh. Had, had I stinking benched Burrow and started Jordan Love, I would have won that game. <laughs> I, mm. But the other leagues, I think one of them I'm two and two. The other one I'm three and one. High school I'm three and one. Fam- three and one family I'm two and two. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, so I don't know. This is the point in fantasy football where it's like, okay, you gotta like be on the waiver wire. Usually like the first couple few weeks, like that's when it's most important. Like Puka Nakua, uh, that's the last name, isn't it? Nakua, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was made the stupid decision to pass on him. I picked him up. I picked him right right when they immediately said oh. pick him up. I I don't know how I was able to get to it, but you were number one on the waiver wire. Num- so. Yeah, so I was because you were last in the league. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, but that was yeah. So my fantasy team's been good, not great, kind of all over the place. Um, who do I think's due for a breakout performance? Honestly, I think. I think Aaron Jones is due for a breakout performance. The Packers' rushing attack has been dreadful this year. Aaron Jones has been injured since week one. He injured himself, uh, got injured on a fourth down uh, touchdown play. He was out week two, out week three, came back last week on a pitch count. Um, very rarely used. I say this every – I mean, 
fantasy managers say this every year, free Aaron Jones. The guy doesn't – his first game back, he doesn't get a touch until the second quarter. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, the Packers rushing attack, we're going to talk about when we do pickums. It's not been good. Um, I think a lot of the, the finger pointing has been towards A.J. Dillon subbing in. He's not a good running back. He can't convert third downs. He's a power back, and he can't do it. But you look back, you go back, you watch the tape. The run blocking's not there. But this week's a favorable matchup versus um, the Las Vegas Raiders. They have a dreadful running defense. If the Packers can't run this week, they're not going to run all year long. This is the week to get it back, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we do pickums. Um, will Jill Burrow step it up? You know what? I'll tell you what. Until I see it, he's going to be riding the bench. Jordan Love in my league that I have him, he's going to be getting the start from now on. Say, I have Joe Burrow too. I have literally lost two games because Joe Burrow can't put up more than 10 points. It's ridiculous. You get all this money in the offseason. I understand you're injured with a calf, but if you can't be mobile and you can't play – if you if you can't be mobile and it's hurting your performance, you shouldn't be playing. Get healthy. Um, but yeah, for advice for the rest of the season, I, that's a tough question. I think I think early on, like I was saying, I think you've got to get on the waiver, waiver wire early. It's tough when you're in a lot of different leagues. I think what it comes down to, though, is find your players that are most consistent. I think at the end of the day, some guys like to go for the boomer bust guys, like Julio Jones back in the day, 2016, 2017, 2018. When he would school, when he would have a great day, you know, he'd go 150 yards, maybe a touchdown. But for a long time, he'd either be a boomer bust guy where you'd score a lot of points, but then in between, you'd kind of get those four, five yard or four or five point performances from him. I think really the key to the key to fantasy football, if you want to win leagues, this is what I've noticed in my you know going on eight years of playing, is the most consistent players are are, are the ones that's going to win you games when it counts most. Because you can you can win you know one week by seventy five points, and then the next week you, you score just you score half the amount of points you did the week before. I don't like volatile players. I like consistent players that are con- going to consistently score me a certain amount of numbers. They're reliable, and barring injury, they're I know they're going to score me you know blank to blank amount of numbers. Devonte Adams when he played for Green Bay like pretty much was a given he was going to get you at least 10 points a week. He might go off for 30, get two touchdowns and 150 yards, but odds are he was going to get you somewhere in between 10 to 20 points, 10 to 15 points. That kind of consistency, now he's a high draft pick, but that's where the waiver wire guys come up in. Hey, these guys consistently two, three weeks in a row have been scoring, you know, 8 to 12 points. When playoffs come, those are the guys you want to start. I say Puka Nakua has been that one. This yeah, year. no, he, especially I'm, for you. I'm actually thankful I got him because you know you talk about consistency, and I guess that's one thing I didn't fully. I, I didn't. This pull, is your first year. Though. First year, and I didn't fully put that into graphs of like, okay, big name player, big name guy. You know, I, I was kind of being a homer a little bit too. I, you know, I got some yeah, cheese yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got yeah. Mahomes, Pacheco. I do that too. Um, I'm guilty. And of that I, too. you know, with at least with those guys with the Chiefs, you always got a good upside with them because you know they're a good team and they're they could potentially have that breakout performance. But then, you know, the consistency side of things, I really did not think about that at all. You know, I just kind of my guys are boomer bust. It's it's hard to, for my entire team to put together an entire week um, yeah. to get me good points. And so that's definitely one thing where I'm like, how am I not beating these guys? How am I not beating these guys? But it's really just because I don't have the consistency. And that's something yeah. huge. Um, that's a fantastic point that I think gets overlooked by just having uh, the good players, you know? Absolutely. And I, it's hard to give advice right now because I think the most crucial time of fantasy football is your initial draft. Now, mm-hmm. usually your bench, you, you can't be afraid to drop some guys – 
for waiver wire pickups. I mean, your bench is going to change throughout the year. So it's hard to give advice right now. Um, but I would say this. I think this is with drafting, but also with waiver wire pickups. you got to look for volume. Right? Who's going to get the most targets? Who's, who's getting involved in the offense? You can go for the guys that are kind of boom or bust, like a Christian Watson. He's either he's going to get you a ton of points, or he's not going to get you anything. He's a great great red zone threat. At least last year was. Um, when he boomed, he boomed. But when he busted, I'm not going to pause. <laughs> <laughs> but but when he busted, he 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 didn't he didn't, he didn't score a ton. Um, so uh, with that, I I will say this though. I I think volume is the key to that. Um, so I would say volume is the key to consistency. How much are they getting targeted? How involved are they in the offense? Targets, especially for receivers, that's your go-to. And then with running backs, like a Christian McCaffrey, obviously he's probably the best fantasy football player. But why is he so good? He gets the ball running the ball, rushing attack, but also he's involved in the passing game as well. So who gets the most touches on offense? Start those guys. And you can find those guys in the waiver wire every single week, especially if players go down from injury. Puka Nakua, no one knew he was to start the year, but Cooper Cup goes down, goes on IR. He kind of takes over. Now, Cooper Cup's coming back from IR. How will that impact his volume? We don't know how it's going to impact his volume share. We'll see. I still think he's going to be a great performing player, a guy you got to start. Now, say we had an interesting day today in fantasy with all those trades. We had three trades in within 30 minutes uh, today. The, it was nuts. Uh, I was part of it, too, but... Um, we had uh, Justice. He uh, did back-to-back trades. He traded with our good uh, friend Logan. He got, let me look, got a couple good players. Logan who? EB. Okay. I don't know if you know him or not. Um, so, yeah, so he traded for, so Justice got Jonathan Taylor and Tyler Algier, and he gave up Calvin Ridley, Dalton Kincaid, and we also have a dynasty league now, so there's picks involved. Yeah. So there's a third-round pick involved, and then... Um, so that was the first trade, and then the second one was our uh, with uh, Justice Rody and our good friend Josh Quas. Uh, he traded. So Josh received Najee Harris, Tyler Algier, Jamison Williams, and a next year's first round pick for our, con- uh, I don't know the rookie draft, I guess. Uh, and then uh, Justice um, got Kenneth Walker, Jordan Addison, and a third round pick hmm. today. And then the third trade. Was me, I uh, I didn't want I drafted Dallas Goddard thinking he'd be used. No, he hmm. hasn't been used at all. So I traded him. Waddle's been really disappointing this year yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the reason why I lost one week by point one. Mm. Uh, since he didn't get a he caught the ball like the for me to win. Then he dropped. He got hit and he dropped it. And wow. That's when he got went out with that concussion in yeah. week two. Do you play PPR or no Points PPR? Yeah. yeah, good. And then, uh, so I'm I traded Dallas Goddard, Jalen Waddle, second round pick for Garrett Wilson, uh, and a uh, I think it was third round pick. So yeah. I was just so the adds to my wide receiver core. It, it's a lot of young guys. I've chased Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So and I got yeah. Chris Olave earlier this year. He's good. I uh, our good friend Mark Borseth kind of got uh, fleeced by me earlier uh. this year. So uh, <laughs> what was it? Um, I sent him Mike Williams, C.J. Stroud, kind of regretting the C- C.J. Stroud's yeah. kind of like a I don't know. Yeah. And then I so I sent him Mike Williams, C.J. Stroud, and Damien Harris for Jared Goff and Chris Olave. Uh-huh. Mike Williams out for the year. C.J. Stroud's a rookie quarterback, and Damien Harris he dropped the next day. So, uh-huh. kind of worked out for me. But this is our first year doing yeah, this. Yeah, both of you. 
what's been the impression for both of you of, of fantasy football? Do you like it so far? Is it kind of overwhelming? What, what's What's been the most rewarding part and the most challenging part? That's a you great – I'll go first since it's my first year fully paying attention for it. It's like, you know – Obviously, I knew going in, you know, you have to have backups upon backup picks that you you have to know that if that guy pick gets picked, then I pick that guy. And it's also about prematurely picking somebody. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, this is definitely going to be a good choice, you know, picking this guy. But I'm like, really, it turned out that's a premature spot. Yeah. You know, I should not yeah. have picked then. Um, and especially with how big our league is, 12 people in our league, right? 14. 14. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's brutal. It, you can't reach. You can't reach as a 14 person. No. You and draft based on that. Uh, points are crucial as in like I yeah the consistency factor is some of my guys um person I'm most disappointed in is honestly uh, George Kittle you know a bit that's someone who I thought would have pretty highly I again that's one of the guys that I thought stealing him highly you know why not um but then it's some of the foresight of not knowing who will be good this year versus last year that will just make that difference. Um, like, I got Puka Nakua, but that's lucky. But, like, for example, uh, Logan has Bijan Robinson. And obviously I knew he would have been good because, like, you know, fantastic in college. But was he going to be just a safe bet to put in my fantasy? I don't know. But then when you have 14 people in your league, you kind of have to steep down there. And obviously he's been getting a ton of points. Yeah. He so, is also... Win or he got his first win this week. Though, yeah, so he's been kind of. But he's he's still you know sixteen. He's projected sixteen points. So you know like that's a healthy number of points. But yeah, yeah just making sure you have a complete team, not necessarily with all the the star players. Like you know, I have Mahomes, uh, Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco, Puka Nakua. I needed. I I had so I have Juju Smith Schuster on my bench. I really thought you know maybe at New England he that he would thrive there, um, but he has not. Um, so I have Sky Moore, um, George Kittle, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Brett Maher. That was a homer pick, but he's he's gotten me some uh, pretty solid points the past few weeks. And then I picked this was the biggest blunder I think. I picked the Dolphins defense way too early. Um, that was I, that's I don't remember when you took. I don't that. remember when I took it, but I remember I just I for some reason thought that that would be a good pick early. But yeah, it's just the the kicker and defense situation. Those are kind of just like. You know, some people may think of it as an afterthought, but really, um, especially kicker-wise, I don't realize how much that totally played into a factor. Of it. I really didn't think that that would be something that would be as needed. But yeah, yeah, and I, I think the hard part about fantasy football is, I think the starting rounds. If you're picking a guy that's within five picks of your, like let's say your pick ten, and it's a pick projected pick number thirteen, that's not going to hurt you. I think it's really hard to screw up the first couple few rounds. It's the mid rounds that count most, mm-hmm. um, and especially like I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like some of my leagues, I got homework picks. Like I, the league I'm doing worse in it right now actually is I had quite a few, a couple of homework picks in it. But I picked um, like a Packers rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave, who's actually played pretty well so far. Um, but I thought. I, it was like one of like the, my last picks, and I actually had like four more bench spots left, and so I'm like that was t- a total reach, and I think that's why you know my right now my team's kind of lacking in firepower. Um, that's definitely the tough part, and I think also a lot of fantasy football comes down to NFL knowledge. You have to know offenses, you have to know who's utilized, who's mm-hmm. not. Um, for example, like Anthony Gibson a couple of years ago, he was the talk of the town coming out of college at Memphis. I believe he went to Memphis. 
And because he was receiving back there, they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy is the next Christian McCaffrey. And they don't hardly even use him at all. And so now it's like, well, a couple years ago, he went in like the second or third round. And now like he's getting drafted in like the 10th, 12th, kind of like in those mid mid to late rounds, which is kind of wild when you look back at it. Um, But yeah, I enjoy fantasy football. It's a lot of fun. Um, I think a lot of it, not a ton of it, but I think there's certainly a luck factor to it, especially with injuries. Um, But again, someone could also argue, well, you got to know like, you know, who has an injury history. So there's a lot of knowledge that goes into it. But also some of the times it's just like, okay, crap, I pick A.J. Brown, and this past week he scores 38 points for me, you know. Um, but, again, that goes back to someone that I I love picking him because he's a consistent player that consistently puts up points. Um, and I always prefer running backs over receivers when I draft. But, again, that doesn't help much now that we're on to week five, you know. Yeah. This is – I've been doing fantasy since my freshman year in high school – I've not won a fantasy championship since my freshman year in high school, <laughs> so it's been a it's been a it's been a long road. Um, but I've I haven't missed the playoffs any of my years, so that's a good sign. So stay away from punishments. I I guess I don't even know what our what is our fantasy punishment this year. Well, it potentially is getting a Deshaun Watson jersey and uh, wearing that around for um, a week for a week, and then we have some various ones that could involve like. I don't know, eating something gross and then running like a mile or something afterwards. Something we're we're figuring it out right now. So, but we'll see. But yeah, it's your what? What's your record right now? I have, I got my first win, so <laughs> one and three. Um, and if I don't beat Logan and Logan, me and Logan are both at the bottom on our side. And if I don't beat Logan, then I I don't know what I I don't know. That's I I think my team's solid. It's just. Put up some points, man. Come on. Let's get a consistent freaking week, which last week I did, and then I won. So, yeah. But with that, let's uh, let's go over to the Pick'em. Uh, we got a more expanded version of this one. We normally just do five games. We're going to do eight this week. Eight this week. So, yeah, we'll start off with the Chicago Bears versus the Washington Commanders. That's Thursday night football. Um, we'll go to you, Dylan, first, then back to me, and then over to you, Zach. This is this is a brutal Thursday night football game. Yeah, it's pretty bad. This is a this is like a game they would have last year, like their brutal stretch of all those Broncos games they had last year for Thursday. This year's been so far pretty good, but here's your first kind of not great game. I think I I'm gonna give the benefit of the doubt to Washington in this one. I think they're just a little better. Eric Bieniemy, and there's just so many questions with the Bears. And just the lack of quarterback, good quarterback play, excluding like last week. But um, I'll just I'll take the Commanders in this one. I'll take the Bears uh, simply because I just think that they'll be able to get a win like this. This will be one that you know I, I've said it all the time. It's like when you look at the end of the year, you go back through the season and see what games mattered what. And I think this will be one of the games where the Bears were able just to sneak it out somehow. So yeah, give me the Bears. Interesting. Um... Last game was arguably Justin Fields' best game as a pro. And outside of a just a bad fumble that was a fumble return touchdown and a pick where he was throwing to Cole Komet and he wanted him to just sit in the zone, but Cole Komet went the other way. Bears might have won that game. Um, I think I'm with you, Blake. I think the Bears finally get one in the W column. I can't believe I'm rooting for the Bears, but I just don't want them to get a high pick which really they have two right now in the top five, pick one and two currently with the Panthers. Wow. Um, and so I'm kind of rooting for both those teams because 
not that I'm worried if Chicago gets Caleb Williams because odds are they're just going to break him like they did with Fields. Um, but I just I don't want have to have Chicago to have the number one pick. Let Caleb Williams go to the Broncos. I'd like to see him go to the Broncos. Um, he might not even go to the NFL this but, year. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. So I, I, I think the Bears win this game. I can't believe it because they're not one. They're 0-4. But um, there's talks where if they lose, they're going to fire Eberflus. Um, but that's usually not what the Bears do. They don't usually fire head coaches halfway through the season. Um, I think the Bears finally get a W, though. Get a win, get a win, put it in the win column. Maybe they get some motion going the rest of the year, and they maybe get to you know four to six wins, hopefully. But I don't know. I shouldn't say hopefully as a Packer fan. <laughs> Just, yeah. That's what I would say. All right. Well, you know, next game is an international series game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Buffalo Bills. I always feel like Jacksonville gets put in these uh, international games. I forgot. Back, I, back to back? They yeah. were there last week. Yep. Do you think they just stayed in London? They could. I, I don't know. Oh, blokes, we stayed in London then. <laughs> I don't think their owner will do that. I don't know. I just feel like they're very Florida centric. Um, the only reason why I know that is because the son of the owner owns a professional yeah. wrestling promotion. So I mean, like, that's pretty Florida heavy. So I don't really see them. But I guess if the money's there, then they're. The, I think I think they're the teams that played overseas the most. They yeah. They yeah. always play every year. They're mm-hmm. always in London. So. so yeah, let's go to Udome. I don't know. This one's kind of like a weird game in a way. Like, I don't know. Like, Jacksonville's is kind of like, they've been good. They've also not looked good. So, but Buffalo is also kind of in the same way. But they've kind of rebounded from that week one loss, the, uh, the Jets. But those games were against Vegas and Washington. They did look very good last week against Miami. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo. I think they're just a better football team than Jacksonville. At least, like, com- like. On paper, they I think they're a little better, but Jacksonville's still a pretty good football team. But it should be a fun one to start off our Sunday morning. Yeah, definitely should be a fun game. I I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, last year they really put on a good performance late in the season, um, and you know took the Chiefs down to the wire there in that game that I was at. That was a pretty crazy game. So, um, but I I still think the Bills are going to kind of hit their stride now. I mean, they only have one loss, but like, um, they've you know, 38 to 10, that's a huge victory. 37 to 3, 48 to 20. This can be a close game, but they're going to get out the win, uh, giving the Bills. This is a tough one. I think Jags play very well in across the pond. Um, they play pretty well overseas. They, ha- I mean, this is their second week there. So, what, what I mean by this, I, th- I think they, they probably are still just, they didn't go home to Jacksonville. They probably just stayed there this past week. So, they're probably already acclimated. Um, Rather, they're not jet lagged. I guess yeah, jet to say, mm-hmm. um, not doing high knees on the airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, I will say though, T Law has not played. He hasn't made that year three leap this year. Mm-hmm. He played really good last year, and you could argue he kind of regressed through a quarter of the season so far yeah. this year. I want to take the Jags. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to go Buffalo by three, but it'll be a very close game. Uh, I think Jacksonville fights. I think they're still a very good team. It's just he hasn't looked like the T-Law of 2022 this year. Only four touchdowns, two picks on the year. Yeah, that's a little a little concerning. I, I would have thought it would have carried over yeah. more. But, yeah, next game, Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. So I put this on here because the Colts have looked a lot better than originally I was thinking they were going to be. I think they're going to not be very good this year. 
Uh, Anthony Richardson, he's having himself a decent start to his career, um, minus the game he missed. At, or how many games did he miss? One or two? Just one? Okay, I think so it's just the one. Yeah. Um, Titans have been like they're just such a weird team. Like, like are they good? or Are they not? Like, they're like very inconsistent. Derrick yeah. Henry's definitely on the other side of the hill. Um, a re- a regression rise. So, I don't know. It's in Lucas Oil Stadium, so I'll take the Colts. Um, I just think, I don't know, it's just kind of like a 50-50 one on this one, so I'll take the Colts. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill has four interceptions on the year. Um, compare that to Anthony Richardson's uh, one interception. So in a game that potentially could be close, I just feel like turnovers could be a thing that matters the most in a yeah. game like this. Um and but the Colts, you know, they've past two games they've played have been in overtime, you know, and I feel like that's uh-huh. when you take games down to the wire like that, you win one, then you lose one. What does that next week hold for you? You know, I don't know. So I got the Colts, but it, it's definitely gonna be a pretty interesting game to watch. Not so fast, Blake. Okay. Not so fast. Okay. The Titans, they finally heated up last week. They got they demolished. 27 to 3. Bengals at home. Joe Burrow was in hell. He didn't know where to throw the ball. And when he did throw the ball, he was under pressure. Um, and I don't know. It's a rookie quarterback. Anthony Richardson's definitely more mobile than Burrow is right now. And Anthony Richardson has been throwing some seeds this year. He's been throwing. I saw some of these throws. And you wouldn't think this guy's a rookie. I think it's going to be a close game, but. Uh, I like I like the Titans' rushing attack in this game. I think Derrick Henry's heating up. Yeah, Tana Goat's got four picks, but um, I think this is a game where they're going to rely on the running game. It's going to be close. Like you're saying, it's been overtime quite a few um, – last two games, you said? Yeah, last two games. Wow. And, and honestly, they came back. They were losing big time to the Rams at home, came back to overtime. Um, but I got the Titans in this one. All right, next game, Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, what happened last week? You got blown out by the Texans. Um, wow, um, I never would have thought that would happen. Um, I just both. I just think the Ravens are just a little better. But the thing is, this game's at well, I'm still going to call it Heinz Field, but uh, Accusure Stadium. But Heinz Field, I it's a. It's an interesting one. It's a rivalry game, divisional matchup. I'm just going to take the Ravens because I think Lamar Jackson, he's really good. And Zay Flowers has kind of done pretty well in his rookie year. He hasn't got a touchdown yet, but he's still a dog. So give me the Ravens. Yeah, Lamar Jackson better. Um, Give me the Ravens. Yeah, I think I agree with you guys. Here's a stat for you right now. Can he pick it? is on pace for 17 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. He's four four he's he's a 1 to 1 touchdown interception ratio right now. He's got four touchdowns, four picks. Now, obviously he probably won't finish the season like that. Um but he hasn't played that well. They got a great defense and last week I benched Nico Collins for George Pickens because I thought, "Oh, rookie quarterback versus this defense, that was a mistake." Um I, I, I think the Ravens win this game. Ravens looked pretty darn good so far throughout this year. Uh, Lamar's been playing pretty darn good. Give me the Ravens. They're, they're only favored by four. I think they win by by ten. Okay. All right, next game, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. 
This one, okay, the Eagles have gotten lucky. I mean, last week, I mean, they almost lost to the Commanders at home. Um, that should be concerning. Uh, I think the Eagles at some point will lose. Like in Just like last couple, year. These first couple weeks. They went for a long time last year without yeah. losing. They, they lost to the Commanders, actually. I think so. they're one game away from, like, the, uh, was it the record for, like, going undefeated in a year? Or, like, in, I don't remember what it was. I don't, well, no, it's because the Patriots went undefeated yeah. in one year, so that, that's not a record, but... Uh, Eagles and Ram, it, it's in SoFi, but I don't know how much of a home field advantage it really is. Um, I, I know both uh, LA teams kind of one more than the other have a little issues with attendance. I know the Chargers kind of suck with attendance, yeah. but well, Rams you know, are not great either. You know, so. You're right. The Niners come to town. That whole place is red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if the Eagle fans will make the cross country travel all the way there, but uh, this one should be fun. I'm gonna take the Eagles. I think they're just, they're just a better football team, but the Rams will keep it close. So I think Philly wins by three. Okay, I I got the Eagles. Um, I you know I I'm not a, I like the Rams, and you know, shout out to our former guest Logan Eby. You know, um, Rams fan. Uh, yeah, just you know, get that overtime win, uh, gritty win over uh, Indiana, and you just you just have the games where like you know. Uh, uh, Cincinnati, you know, just you lose by three and then you you lose by uh, seven. So, I mean, mm-hmm. games that you could potentially win. Um, I don't know. The Rams just, uh, to me, just don't have a, com- a complete team just for enough to get a win, especially the Eagles. But I think the Eagles, they're not going to go as far in the year as last year. Um, and, yeah, with, without a loss. So, But I, I got the Eagles this game. Um, they're just, they're again, they're, they're kind of like... Um, um, San Francisco 49ers, where they're just a pretty complete team right now. Now, are they as good as last year? No. But, uh, yeah, I, the Eagles are, are – I got on this one. Unbelievable. I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. <laughs> okay. I like it. I didn't like the Eagles last week. In my opinion, they probably should have lost that game. But A.J. Brown, he's got that dog in him. <laughs> that dog. Um, but it was a home game. He almost loses the Commanders and Sam Howell. Um, they just haven't looked that good. And to be honest with you – the Rams, I mean, they lost to the Bengals two weeks ago. They almost lost to the Colts. But although Stafford's thrown five picks this year and only three tutties, he's thrown over 1,200 yards. But the kicker is Puka Nakua, 39 receptions for 500, oh, 501 yards and one touchdown. Now, like we are talking about in the fantasy football segment, his production's probably going to drop, but he's on pace for over 2,000 yards in his rookie season. That's wild. But guess who's coming back this week? Cooper Cup. And I think he's a difference maker in this game. Ultimately, the Rams are home. Eagles lose their first game of the season. Give me the Rams. I mean, Philly's favored by four and a half. Give me the Rams by a touchdown. I like it. All right. Next one. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings. An interesting matchup here. A 3-1 and one team versus a 1-3 and three team. Dylan, who do you got? I'm just surprised how long it took Minnesota to get their first win. I mean, offensively, I mean, Kirk Cousins, I think before last week, was leading the league in yards, or at least touchdowns. Uh, Madison is doing well. Justin Jefferson was leading the league in yard, receiving yards, too, and they hadn't won a game yet. A lot of that comes down to their defense. Their defense has been not great this year. Big reason why they lose games. Now they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. It's unfortunate you go from playing the Panthers I feel like the Vikings have just had a really rough schedule to start this year. 
And now you got to play the Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl last year. This one will be close. Kansas City's only favored by four. I think Minnesota covers because Kansas City wins by three. Wow. Wow. That's a bold take. I, I'm i scared about this game, actually. I feel like this is like... Like a like, Jacksonville game. Yeah, it is. like Kind of like the trap game, but except last week was sort of that trap game, and it turned out to be except we actually won. Thank, thank goodness. But I just, I you know, the Vikings are still a good enough team to where I just, you know, one and three, they got to get something out of here. And, you know, back-to-back wins would be huge for the team. Um, the Chiefs, their offense is going to get dialed up at some point. When that will be, I don't know yet. Mahomes with four interceptions. Kirk Cousins with four interceptions. It's concerning. Um, it, the, the, the defenses putting his stops together are going to be what matters. Um but just to kind of do some reverse psychology, I got I got the Vikings. Wow, Against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Man, I just one and three out of your gourd. That's wild. Yeah, I wow. I the the not, Chiefs. Not that the pick itself is just picking against your own team. Yeah, well, here's this. the thing. I mean, the Chiefs. I don't know what the historics of it, but the past few years, I feel like they've dropped two games that they shouldn't have. Um, yeah, and they've That's already fair. they've already lost one. And this seems like another early loss. Um, Two losses to NFC North. Wasn't not 2019, but uh, um, not 2022, but 2021. They had just you lost to the Ravens and somebody else. Yeah, just I think the first four games were not the greatest for the Chiefs, and I kind of feel like it's going the same way. Yeah, so that's why I had to land on that pick. Wow, that's fair. Uh, Here, here's the line in the game: Casey by four. Over unders at 52 and a half. You better be hammering that over. This is going to be an offensive shootout. The Vikings do not have a good defense, despite Vikings fans telling you on Twitter in the offseason that their defense got better because Flores came in, despite them losing Eric Eric Kendricks and Patrick Peterson, among others, Zadarius Smith as well. Um, Their defense has not looked the part. I think the Chiefs are going to have their way on the ground and through the air, but... I think we're overlooking Kirk Cousins this year. Um, there was talks about him, oh, the Jets should trade for him. And this, is, this very well could be his last year in Minnesota. All right? And especially if Minnesota has a high pick. But on the year, he's got over 1,200 yards through the year, 11 touchdowns and four picks. He's been balling out. Um, great fantasy football quarterback for me this year as well. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this game. But I don't think they cover. I think they win by a field goal, like you're saying. But I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Give me 44-41. Chiefs win this one. Okay. On last second field goal by Butker. The Vikings. Have do you a have heart- Butker in your fantasy? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I do not, unfortunately. But the Vikings lose on a heartbreaker. He hits a 62-yard field goal to win the game. Wow. Okay. Old. We're clipping that, that's for sure. Um, next I just ga- have to make, like, three yeah, different. Next, which is great. That's fantastic. Uh Next game up, Dallas Cowboys at SoFi Stadium against the San Francisco 49ers. Not SoFi, Levi's Levi Stadium. Levi Stadium, duh. I don't know. You're <laughs> all right. You're, you're all right. Good. Sunday night football. Finally, we get a decent game. I f- feel like Sunday's kind of been like mid this year a little bit. Yeah, they have been. Um, especially uh, the first week. Uh, I haven't been waiting all day for Sunday night. Yeah, lately at least. Uh, I guess last week's was fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not a Chiefs fan, but... But um, this one is going to be very fun. Cowboys, they've been looked, excluding their one loss to the Cardinals, they've looked pretty good this year. The Niners, of course, most complete team in football. I mean, 
That offense is incredible. Their defense is very good. This one's going to be fun. I'm actually going to take an upset. I think the Cowboys hand the Niners their first loss of the year. Wow. It's, I feel like I think that loss against the Cardinals really triggered something for this Cowboys team, and I, I think they're a very good football team. So uh, I think the Niners will uh, just lose this one close, like maybe by like two or three points. And this is a revenge game for them, too. Remember, they lost yeah. in the playoffs. Remember, Zeke tried to— uh, <laughs> That he was, got mowed down. Yeah, he got he got popped. Yeah. All right, Blake, what do you think? I don't know. This is one of the things where um, the Cowboys. This is this is a huge statement game. I just feel like for the entire NFL right here, just two teams that could potentially go deep in the playoffs. Um, and I honestly, I'm I'm not in my head. I'm not for sure with the pick until I say it out of my mouth. I'm gonna be honest. That's how it's gonna go here. Um, because on one hand. I think the San Francisco 49ers are just going to keep rolling like they have been because they're just that complete. On the other hand, Dallas is going to put together a good game here and get a huge statement win uh, that will really look great later in the year. But then you go, you know, as a Husker fan, I also know that the Cowboys and Huskers, you know, share the same relationship. Um, just not necessarily. Haven't been good since the 90s. Haven't been good since the 90s. Well, they haven't won a championship yeah. since the 90s. Since, since the 90s. Um, Cowboys are going to do what Cowboys are going to do, though. I, I just feel like they'll make some of those mistakes. But Dak's played pretty good this year, man. I got to hand it to him. Um, he's been pr- playing pretty solid. Only one interception. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Brock Purdy wow. throws his first interception on the year this game. Yeah, wow. Well, Blake, don't 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 beat yourself up for, for getting this stadium confused with SoFi because the SoFi stadium is literally uh, – the second home stadium for the Niners because yep. they overtake that stadium every single game. Now, in regards to the game itself, I think I, I really do think whoever wins this game is going to be one of the top, if not the top seed in the NFC. In the Completely agree. Race. Um, right now, you know, Brock Purdy's got a lot of praise, and you know, I think rightfully so. He didn't throw any picks this year. I think you're right. I don't think he. I think he throws two picks tonight, not one, but two. Okay. Two okay. picks this night. Now, no Trayvon Diggs. He's out for the year, ACL injury. Um, all right, was it ACL or Achilles? I think it was ACL, wasn't it? I don't know. It's one it of it's ACL, something. Yeah, he's something out for like the year. that. Yep. Um, man, this is a really. I, I agree. This is a very hard pick. I, I'm gonna have to. As much as I want to go, well, actually, I don't really want to root for the Cowboys, but. Um, <laughs> I don't like the Niners either because they have tormented me as a Packer fan for the last ten years <laughs> in the playoffs. But I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Niners. They just look so good right now. I, I think if you go watch some of these film breakdowns, I really uh, I'm kind of a nerd in terms of watching like the All 22. And I don't know if you guys watch this guy QB School. He kind of explains what QBs are thinking. Really cool. I've learned so much more about football that way. But I saw someone else. I think it was uh, uh, Mark Sanchez was breaking down the the way that they run motion in the Shanahan offense. And I kind of talked about it at the start with McDaniel, but the way Shanahan's been using motion in the run game, literally they'll run a play that looks just like it's like a, it's a power to the left or, or a counter. And then they run the same play, and it looks like the exact same thing, but it's a run pass, a run play. It pulls the linebackers down wide open across the middle with Ayuk. I think they just use play action so well I think the Cowboys are going to throw a lot at at Purdy and at the Niners, but ultimately I think McCaffrey 
um, gets this done for the team. I don't think this is going to be the Brock Purdy show. This is going to be the McCaffrey show. Uh, ultimately, it's going to be him in the in the pass game that's going to win them this game, along with the Niners defense. It's a great great unit as well. The over under is set at forty five. You know what? Maybe this might be a low scoring game. I think it could be the exact yeah that that the psych. It's going to be it, it, it's going to be the over. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's a that's a I don't know what it's going to be. Never mind. I don't know why I psyched you out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say it was going to be a high scoring game. The second thought, I'm like, no way is it going to be that. Um, but I also don't think it's going to be super. It'll be a medium score. Let, give me, give me a 27-23 San Francisco. Okay. All right. Final game on our NFL Pick'em: Green Bay Packers versus the Las Vegas Raiders at the Spaceship in Las Vegas. The uh, Death Star. The Death Star. Which, well, no, it's not the Death Star because well, their practice facility is the Death Star. Yeah, the practice facility looks like it, or like the inside. Looks well, actually, like no, the real Death Star is a few. Few blocks over the sphere. The sphere, yeah, that is the true Death Star. And then you got, well, I don't know what the other ship comparison is that for Star Wars. Um, but yeah, you got crazy things going on in Las Vegas. Who do you got, Dylan? So okay, so normally we like to put our favorite team their games on our pick'em every week. So like I always have the Chiefs game on there. And whoever guess whoever their favorite team is, and I normally throw the Lions. I would have put the Lions on, but they're playing 0 and 4 Panthers and yeah. are 10 point favorites, so I wasn't gonna do that. That's just like a chalk. But this one should be fun. I mean, Green Bay. I think they're a lot better than the Ra- the Raiders. But it's Monday night. It's at Vegas. Who knows what could happen? Um, as much as I hate to do it, I'm taking the Packers. As much, I yeah. I, just, I think Jordan loves a good quarterback. I think he's good. And to be honest. Jordan Love is much better than Aiden O'Connell, and I just think the Raiders are just, they just stink. So <laughs> give me the Packers. I just want to shout out our dearest friend, Mark Borseth. Um, Borseleth. Um, <laughs> on Wisconsin, go Pack, go. I'm picking the Green Bay Packers. Um, the Brewers, too. Actually, well, they're going to lose. But. Um, nah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, the Raiders won in three. I don't know. They, they you know, um, Jimmy G is he he's, is he out or is he back? He's out. He's out. So I'm pretty sure still has a concussion. I reckon he's I don't know, questionable. I don't, yeah, who knows? He might he might clear concussion protocol in time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, go pack, go give me the Packers. Wow, wow, that's very. Uh... And Zach picks the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: I, as a Packer fan, I knew this year. Look, they went young, right? There's like two players on Green Bay that I think. That I think is over thirty years old. Everyone else is under twenty. So you guys 30. have the oldest roster or the youngest roster in the what, league. I think it's the second or third youngest roster in the league. It's very, very young. With that, I think the young players, a lot of it expected with this young team is a lot of up and downs. And I think we've seen that in the first two weeks, right? The first week one, they go and pummel the Bears in Chicago. Week two, they have this great lead on Atlanta. It's 24-12, start of the fourth quarter. Oh, my goodness, the Green Bay offense is cooking, and they kind of just fall apart. They lose that game by one. Then they come home. They're down 17-0 to start the fourth quarter versus the Saints. Fourth and one, Jordan Love throws a hitch pass to our third-string running back, Patrick Taylor. He runs the wrong route. You figure it's game over. They're down 17-0. Three and out on the Saints' offensive drive, and then the Packers come back, put up 18 points unanswered, win that game. Then off this last week, they lose to Detroit. They get stomped. It's 27-3 going into halftime, I, I reckon. 
And they still come back, kind of fight, but it, it wasn't enough. I think this team and this game is really important for, for really both these teams. Raiders have lost three in a row. Like you're saying, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs have verbally expressed they hate losing. They're not happy with the state of the team. I think it's a big game for both teams to get back on track. Um, I think ultimately this is going to come down to the Packers' run game. I really do. And, and like I was saying, if they don't run the ball this week against this defense, which is outside of Max Crosby, I'll be honest with you, I don't know many players on that defense outside of Max Crosby. Um, and from what I was reading up on a couple articles today, they're they're bottom in the league in terms of rush and pass defense. So if this is not the week to, you know, get back on track with the run game, open up some holes for AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones and free Aaron Jones. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hashtag. Hashtag I, I think I think the Packers win by I, I think the Packers win by by two scores. I think it, this is an eight to ten point win um, over. The Raiders. Give me. Let, let's go. Let's go twenty-eight twenty. Green Bay. Um, I think it's gonna be close though. I think this is gonna be a. Ultimately, I think the Raiders are gonna have the ball, and it's just gonna be a defensive stop, um, driving the ball. And I think the the key matchup in this game is going to be watching Devontae Adams versus Jair Alexander, former teammates. Devontae Adams is still arguably one of the top three receivers in the NFL. Jaws coming back off an of injury. Hopefully he plays. But this will be a really big game. And I think I think ultimately I, I didn't get to talk about it a lot today. Jordan Love, I think he's been playing pretty darn good football, sitting on the bench for three years. You know, last game starts the, the game off really poorly. I think I saw a stat where it said through four games of the season, Jordan Love has like a 60 passer rating in the first quarter. In the third quarter, he's got like a one over a 110. And so it's right out of the half is when he really starts to cook. But I think early on, Lafleur's got to get him back to the bread and butter of, of the Lafleur offense, quick outs, um, use some boot action, uh, and do some outside zone runs with Aaron Jones. But I got the Packers by eight. Um, should be a really fun game, a fun weekend of football. I'm really excited to watch the NFL. Sundays, man, when you have an NFL team and you got fantasy football, I just love Sundays. I love watching football on Sundays. Heck yeah, I think we can we can uh, all agree here um, about that. But yeah, so uh, first I just want to thank you, Zach, for coming on. Uh, fantastic guest. We're going to proclaim you as like the first true guest guest because we've had a lot of our close friends on, um, and you're someone, you know, you're an old man now, so <laughs> you're, you're the elder statesman, um, and I know I look up to you, so it's glad to have you yeah. on. Um, yeah, Dylan, you got anything to say? Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know we were trying to get you on last year yeah, for the yeah. NFL draft. Yep. But the uh, schedules didn't um, match up, so yeah. Well, hey, awesome to have you on. So. Yeah, well, I appreciate both of you guys. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much in this this segment. It's been a lot of fun talking with you guys. You guys know your college football. You know it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good run podcast. I, I think more people should listen to the last take. This We're clipping a, that too. Yeah, is that like the so fourth four. one? That's four. Well, I'm <laughs> telling you, you guys know how to run a podcast. I mean, this was what a two-hour podcast that felt like it went by in an hour. I know. I'm um, be honest. It just I kept looking over here. I'm like, how did it go by that fast? Like, yeah. what the heck? And and thank you for um, sticking with me through my poor joke deliveries with the psych <laughs> and then the non-psych and then the, you got barbecue with that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. We didn't, I didn't know where you're going with the psych thing. I thought yeah, you were calling me I'll out for a, a second. I'll be but. honest. I didn't know where I was going with that too. Um, 
but I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was so much fun. Um, I'll have to have you guys on my pod sometime. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll shout that out real quick. Yeah, my podcast is called In the Cut. It's the podcast about nothing where we talk about everything. Um, the reason I do that is because I talk about sports on it. I talk about college life. I talk about shared experiences, um, you know, just general life advice, just a lot of random things. And I, I just bring on friends from college. Um, hopefully this week I might be bringing on Amon Green maybe. We'll see. Oh, um, wow. Okay, okay. But I don't know yet. We'll see. Um, but I'm trying to bring on more people, so you guys will have to come on. I'm trying oh, I'd to love to come on, yeah. 50 episodes by the time I graduate college. I'm at like 15 or 16 right now. Um, so i got a lot of work to do, but uh, i definitely love to have you boys on. We can talk uh, really whatever you guys want. That's the nice part about the podcast. You can talk about everything. Podcasts about nothing, where we talk about everything. I love it. That's actually genius right there. All right. Well, then, you know, as always, our shout-out to our social medias. Follow us, Twitter, capital TLT, The Last Take 22, Instagram, The Last Take Pod, all lowercase, and Facebook, The Last Take, because that's how it works. It's not a username, really. I re- <laughs> we don't use it. We don't even— re- yeah. I don't even use the Instagram really that much, either. I just post— Weekly, which that's hey, that's still but. still a great thing. I, I, me and Dylan are on the Twitter thing, um, and we gotta keep up. We get that rolling, um, kind of after that Michigan game. It was a little bit hard to get on there. I was firing off some tweets though, because I was, I was a little bit in my feels while also being upset. So we also um, big game, fun, yeah, we big game boomer big game replied boomer to us. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, because yeah. we have a meme that I've been tweeting at him like every time he puts a some type of dumb. What did he uh, say? So. We might as well pull this up right now. The, the the meme is a photo of him at when he was at uh, Minnesota for the Minnesota-Nebraska game, and it was like, row the freaking boat. That's what the tweet was. And so we used the photo, and that's that's it right there. <laughs> and it says, I'm going to make a list about something I know nothing about, which is true because that's what he's doing all summer when he had no content. Content and he said this is a good meme. So I appreciate that he didn't, <laughs> he didn't immediately just hit block. Um, that should be your header on Twitter. <laughs> We Um Yeah. So yeah. Thank you all for listening. A fantastic episode. If I don't say it myself, uh, definitely one of my favorites. Zach, you brought the energy. Um, I definitely think this is at least for me one of the times where I feel like I've consistently had the energy the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes it, we kind of run limited. It just depends on the guest. Mm-hmm. Nothing against our past guests. They have all been good, but this is probably by far one of our best ones. I'm, so I'm glad I brought the juice. I'm I'm glad I brought the sauce. I appreciate you guys having me on. I really do. This was so much fun. All right, as always, it's Blake, Dylan, Zach. All right, yeah. So, GBR, thank you for GBR. listening, guys. Go, Pat, go.